0: Damn. Bam, we're live. What's up, Caleb? I'm glad this is Oh, you you muted yourself because of the jets. It's okay. Fuck it. Do some jets. Do some jets. Let me see if I can find Paul here. Um Okay. Uh 4 minutes. Guys, I want to show you guys something really quick. I want to show you two things real quick uh, that um, are important. I think that I share with you. One of them is a post I did a couple days ago, and it showed a baby in some sort of like with some sort of plastic covering over its face. I'm guessing it's some sort of bag that's used in rain or something for kids, or who knows? Maybe it was designed for COVID. I have no idea. But someone in those comments writes, um, I'm not sure where it is, but says something about, "Hey, I I can't believe the racism here." And this is an awesome example because I, I, I use this a lot. I, say to, I talk to a lot of people who are in their head all the time. So I say something, then they interpret it in their head, and then they respond to what's in their head. So now they're having a conversation with themselves. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm going to show you a perfect example. Someone said basically here, I can't believe the racism or something like that. And that means they interpreted what I'm showing as racist. I have no idea what they're talking about. Zero, zero. Um, and then they responded to it and now they're just having a conversation with themselves. That's how most people are now. It's okay. And that's why you'll get a lot. If, if some of you who DM me, I'll be like, Hey man, you're talking to yourself because you, you're not, you haven't even heard what I said or you've made up what you think I said. And now you're responding to that. And once you do that, um, I'm not sure if I want to unfuck you, like walk you backwards out of your head. Like if you were my wife, I would, or I would expect my wife to do it for me. Or sometimes I would do it for, uh, you know, Someone I love But But if you you make presuppositions Then you're stuck in an echo chamber in your head Most people are just stuck there always When I'm stuck there If someone points it out to me I can pop out of it super quick I'm awake Found it the man, the man in one is wearing a front baby carrier. You can see the straps on the back shoulders. Front baby carriers do have a plastic rain flap cover. Very disappointed in the racism implied in respondents. So if, if they're, if they don't, Oh, wait, let me see. What, what's the one below that say? Don't know. You know anything against the woke mob is racist, right? Well, that's the thing, and that is the problem with the woke mob. They're in their head. So, any if you are offended by something, like when I get offended by something, I'm in my head. It's all about me now. It's just, it's just all narcissism. There's nothing that should offend me. Nothing, nothing. Or else that is me that I'm holding on to. That's ego. Only ego can be offended, and it's cool. I do get offended. I do have some ego but you got to work through it. You got to work through it. I would never blame, I try, don't blame other people when I'm offended. Okay. The second thing I want to show you is this. And I got in trouble with my wife about this. This is a post um, that shows my kids. I thought about this today when I was at the beach and I thought, wow, if I view my kids as sacred. And what do I mean by sacred? I mean the, the closest thing to what God is on the planet, just purity, light come down. What would I show them? What would I, how would I treat God if God was on the planet? What would I share with God? In its purest form, right when it got here. And I said, I wouldn't share video games, drunk food, or transvestite reading hour at the library. And my wife says to me, hey, what the fuck's wrong with transvestites? People are going to, I know, I know you don't have a problem with transvestites because my wife knows. we just had a tranny over here, you know, watching fight night a while back. I love a tranny. I love everybody. She's all, but it makes it look like you don't like transvestites. No, no, I love video games. I love drunk food. I love transvestites. Let me tell you who else I don't want reading to my kid at the library. I don't want a fucking Hell's Angel. I don't want a meth addict. I don't want ready, ready for this. I don't want Tia Toomey in her fucking bra and underwear reading to my kids what she wears to the CrossFit games at the library. It's just not library. It's not library time. I don't want someone screaming their sexuality. At the, at, at the library reading time. Let me tell you who I do want. I want someone who's about 55 to 60. Yes, ages. Whose hobbies are collecting leaves from the trees in the area, the indigenous trees, and pressing them in books. And then reads to kids in the library. And also fucking helps cats and dogs at the animal shelter. That's who I want reading to my kids. Is there something wrong with that? And the, you know the trannies I want them to see? The trannies my mom showed me. When we would go to the plays. When I would go to the city and we would have dinner. And my waiter would be fucking, that, that. that's where I see it. Not at the library. I don't want my kid distracted by, hey, what the fuck is this person screaming some sort of fucking um, <clears throat> something other than just what's going on at the library. So let's go over it again. Don't want girl in bra, athletic attire, brawn panties, the CrossFit Games girls, don't want them reading at the library. Don't want trannies, don't want Hell's Angels. Don't want, um, uh, you know, there's a whole, whole variety of things. But it ha- it's not because I don't like those people. I love those people. I'm not, i don't tell my kids to listen to my podcast. Are you crazy? Unless I unless I got Annie Thor's daughter on. Or it's just me and Caleb. Anyway, I just I just wanted to be clear about that. But my 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 wife is it was smart she points that out to me because I forget people live in this duality. They'll be like, but seven god against trannies. Nothing.
1: Yeah, people are very black and white.
0: Fucking nothing. Last play I went to in the city was a uh the main character was a dude who played a woman. The entire big old giant black dude. He was amazing. He stole the show. He stole the show.
1: What was it called? I forget.
0: My mom got me the tickets. I think. I was bum- I was like so bummed. I didn't want to go. And actually, it was a really shitty play. But he or she or whatever they want to be called was so fucking amazing. Blew my mind. Actually, blew my mind. I just. I, I would have would, would loved to have gone and hung out. One of these days, when I get drunk on there, I'll tell you my my some of the parties I used to have, some of the when I would go to the erotic exotic ball in San Francisco, the hookers ball, some of the crazy shit I did. Mm-mm-mm.
1: sounds crazier than a midwestern party, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> but not at the library. And come on, it's not, it's not it's not it's not a dig at anybody. It's not a fucking dig at anyone. There's things that are appropriate at different times and different places. It's, it's okay. Someone's like, what's normal? I had a discussion today. What's normal? Uh, do you want to know what normal is? Normal is when you um, grow a seed in a cup in your kitchen and the plant starts growing towards the window. Do you know why that plant's doing that? Because that's normal. It's going for the light. It's normal. There's normal. Normal is you park too close to someone and you, and you notice it and you immediately back out. Regardless if they're a dwarf, a tranny, a fucking angry little Armenian dwarf, a fucking Jew, a fucking Godzilla. That's normal. You just back out and scoot over a little bit. Just normal. There's normal. A the seedling goes to the light. It's just normal. There is normal. And it's okay not to be normal too. Matter of fact, if you really want to not be normal... Just be normal now. I'm the most normal person I know. No tattoos, stay at home, drink a lot of water. Get semi aroused when I pull out the weed whacker. Just normal.
1: Do you appreciate or like a fresh cut lawn?
0: Oh, so much.
1: I like the greatest thing. So much. Do you get you cut it in patterns? Or do you just do like straight lines?
0: I I don't, you're going to hate, I don't cut my own lawn. I got a garden. Oh, okay. But like, (laughs) I I don't even know that, I don't notice the pattern, but when I go out there, I'm so happy. And I, and I really like a yard with no poop in it. Can we not talk about COVID? Oh, you don't want to watch Metcon 9. This show is not going to be for you. I mean, there's going to be some gangster shit in this, in this episode when Paul comes on. His shit's crazy. His, he, he, he's 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 only 38 and he's done some gangster shit but one of the things that happened is he spent he told me i had the title wrong like i give a fuck but um uh he spent he spent some time in the hospital with covid and he got a hole in his throat and a hole in his stomach and and basically whatever they did to him they wouldn't have done to someone if they were 50 they just would have let him expire But because he's 38 they made some efforts to save him you're nodding your head like you know that uh you saw yeah. they were different protocols caleb
1: yeah. I, I was, I'm curious about the, the stoma if, or the, or like the trach that they did on him. I'm curious. Yeah. Like, does he still have that? Like, does he have to cover it up for when he eats and stuff? Or is that, were they able to like close it?
0: When I met him, he had a band aid
1: on it. Oh, okay. So they probably were able to close it. Cause sometimes they have it like if, like if some people with like throat cancer, it like, it just stays there. And so now they have to like have a plug essentially. And whenever they eat or drink or, whatever like that way it doesn't nothing comes out of their mouth when they try to like you would it. eat it and it
0: could just fall out the hole yeah exactly oh, that sounds like an infection waiting to heaven. uh if you would like to get a ceo plus speaking of trannies a uh, shirt go over to vindicate if you want to get our fourth of july edition of the ceo shirt which i'm just so excited about uh, go over <coughs> to vindicate if you want the old school ones you can also go to the seven podcast uh dot uh, com plus website, whatever. Um, you know what? I need to start wearing tank tops. I think I'm gonna wax all that that tough of hair on the back of my triceps and start wearing tank tops. And uh and also, so there's a website called CA Hormones, C-A Cat Asshole Hormones dot com. And if you go there and you sign up for blood work, you'll get a blood work and a free doctor's consultation. If you use the code SEVON. I think it's capital S E V a N. And then they'll contact you. They'll send you to a place to get blood work. And then a doctor will go over the blood work with you and talk to you about like what your problems are, how, what a stud you are, uh, Matt, he can't get on. Can you get your help? Oh, right. Hmm. Maybe I'll call him. Let's see what happens if I can't.
1: Just make it a live call and show for him.
0: <sighs> Let me see. Paul, Paul, let's see. Paul. Paul. Oh, shoot. Hey, damn it. That's not right. Uh, call. Okay. I'm calling. Paul. I didn't give him much time. I sent him the link kind of late.
1: It's okay. We'll get him on. We've only been.
2: Hey.
0: A few weeks. Yeah. Hey, Paul. What's up?
2: I sent uh, the thread with you and Matt on it. Okay. What the what the computer's saying. So I just turned it on and off.
0: Oh, okay. I tested,
2: all this, I tested all this like an hour before.
0: Are you on Chrome?
2: Yes, I downloaded Chrome, followed all Matt's instructions. Okay, cool. Damien helped me, and we beta tested it with like the link he had sent. You guys had sent him, so we got into the stream, stream yard.
0: Oh, bitching, okay.
2: just said I won't be able to use the microphone and the camera, which was weird. All right, oh, I'm restarting. It's almost up and running. Give me like two more minutes.
0: Okay, just ignore all that stuff and come on in. Come on in. Okay, thanks, brother. Okay, bye. <laughs> oh, that's a great. That's a great Photoshop that Will did of uh um, oh, yeah. of Hiller. I'm going to use that. I'm, I'm working on my Hiller and Review show. Oh shoot, but it's so small.
1: I almost yeah. want it to look like just like bigger, like thicker co bottle
0: glasses. It's because I gave him such a shitty post. Yeah, but I, I do like it. I
1: agree.
0: Have you seen any of those videos where he's critiquing the, um, critiquing? I've had COVID forever. I've had it for two years now. I have, I have triple long COVID. I just did a nasty workout too. I'm just sweating like crazy.
1: What's that hot as shit over there today? Oh, right there? so hot, dude. It's been so hot for three days.
0: I mean, for us, the hot is 80 degrees. I was at the beach all day. So hot. <sighs>
1: it is nuts and it's it feels like i'm breathing water over here i think like the feel like the feel is like 100 degrees and it's actually like 85 it's crazy
0: um i think you'll like that when you get like when you're fitty.
1: oh yeah when it's cold my joints hurt okay. like i feel i feel arthritic when it's the middle of the winter but then as soon as it warms up everything's all looped up and yeah and ready to go
0: you I kind of just have to like when I when I go places where it's human like that, I just have to tell myself, okay, you're gonna be sweating two seconds, just accept it. And there kind of there has to still be this first layer of water gush over me before I'm like cool with it.
1: Yeah. And then you're just sweating for the the rest of the time.
0: Yeah. Drinking as much water as you can. It must be it must be horrible if you're obese. Oh yeah. Oh man. You're in Omaha. I was in Omaha one summer and there was no one outside. And we, I couldn't believe it. And we went outside and we went to a park and my dog got destroyed by mosquitoes. And I knew then right away why no one goes outside. It was
1: crazy. <laughs> that is not surprising. Was it, was it like the middle of the spring or something?
0: It was by Joe Westerland's house. I, can't, uh, I think it was the summer. We went okay, to, yeah. I was like, there's no one out. Yeah, this is a this is a major metropolis and no one's out. And we went into a park and all of a sudden I looked at my dog and he was completely covered in mosquitoes. He he probably got 200 bites. And like when you pet him, it was just
1: blood like just. Oh,
0: underhand. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: That's nasty. He's
0: a little chihuahua.
1: Oh, yeah. So he was basically just covered in mosquitoes. You probably couldn't even see him.
0: Ah, Minneapolis. Riot weather. That's perfect. Riot weather. Burn it down. Burn it down.
1: Don't they say when it gets hotter, like the more crime there is? I like a, probably. So everybody's all hot and bothered.
0: I love all. Thank you to all. By the way, I lost six hundred followers for all the fucking rants I've been doing the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. But I want to thank all the Europeans who DM me and flooded my DMs telling me how screwed up the healthcare system is when it's privatized. Man, the stories are horror stories. And for all the military people who told me that same exact thing,
1: what a. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. Like the amount of time it takes for any of us to get uh, <coughs> like referrals or any sort of specialty care is it's absurd. Like just to get a normal appointment to be seen for anything, it's like a month plus. That's be- absolutely insane.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile are all of, if you go to any of our hospitals in California at 10 o'clock at night, you'll see all the frequent flyers
1: in there. Oh, certainly. Yeah. My wife has the same, same problem. She sees, there are some people that she picks up that are banned from certain hospitals. Like you just, you, they refuse to pick them up. Like there was somebody that they picked up twice in the same night. And when they called over to the hospital, they're like, ah, uh, we're going to divert you because we're not seeing this person again. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's either, it's either a homeless person slash drug addict, or it's somebody who's severely obese and can't take care of themselves. There was one lady they had, they, uh, they lived on like the second story of this house and they you
0: guys listen to the jets flying over caleb's house oh, sorry so the what those are f-16s
1: no um they're a newer jet oh. one, of the, one of the louder ones i guess
0: you can't tell us you'd have to kill us
1: <laughs> no i just don't let's it. give away where i am uh, <sighs> But there's this lady who lived on like the second floor of her house, and she said she had a hundred pound cat. I did look it up. There's no such thing as a hundred pound cat unless it's like a tiger or something. But easily a fifty pound cat, like no litter box. Their entire upstairs was basically a litter box. And when she came downstairs to be seen by the medic, they she her like from the knees down was covered in cat feces.
0: Oh and my goodness.
1: And she was severely obese. Oh. It's nasty.
0: That was easy yo bam we're live what's up dude hey brother how are you awesome i i worked out i put goo in my hair i made a cup of coffee and i put ice in it i haven't done that in a while
2: there you go you look sharp
0: thank you (laughs) hey um that 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 piece of tape you have on your so, if you took that piece of tape off your throat, would there be a hole there?
2: No, it's uh, it's uh, healed up. How long did that take to heal? Um, so it was. I mean, it closed. The crazy thing was, it was about the size of a nickel. Uh huh. The hole, um, the the trach was, and on that, um, it took about. I'd say about six weeks to fully close. Like I would still sneeze and it would start bleeding. How about yeah, snot?
0: Like, would snot come out of there?
2: Oh, dude, I will be honest with you. Some of them. So basically all that buildup I had in my chest uh-huh. from the COVID, um, uh-huh. it literally smelled like my lungs were rotting. It was the like most you, foul, Like you could smell it. Oh, I could smell it. Uh, just breathing in and through my lungs, my nose. It was bad.
0: Hey, you know that um, a tracheotomy is a surgical procedure in which an incision is made in the front of the neck and a breathing tube is placed into the trachea, also called the windpipe. The tube that is placed into the trachea is called the tracheotomy tube. Is that what you had? Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, you know you know that taste? Um, like I have it right now. I've been sick like for a month and like I'm in the snotty phase and mm-hmm. like my mucus has this taste, right? Do you know what, what I'm talking about? Correct. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like the, it's like the, the flu taste. Yeah. yeah. And you spit out and it's like either green or yellow. Correct. Is that what it tasted like? Worse. Or worse. Oh, worse. Wayward. It was, I, I, I became. Yeah. This stuff doesn't even taste bad. This doesn't taste bad, but it's distinct.
2: It's very distinct, but this, I, I, I was super self-conscious after coming out of the coma that to the point where when the nurses would come by me, I felt like they could, you know, they could smell it. And I didn't know what it was at first. I was completely baffled by the whole thing. Um, But when they pulled out the cap that I had in there, because they would hook a tube up at night uh, to pump air into my lungs. It was uh-huh. kind of like airflow. Uh-huh. And it was just you know, the air pumping in there. I could smell it. It was coming out of my pores, it felt like. And then when that cap came off, oh, my God. It was basically. Uh-oh. Did he freeze for you, Caleb? He froze for me. They would pump it right out of your neck with this device. They'd pump it right out of the neck. And it was so thick that you would almost vomit trying to get it out. Oh shit. You could feel it in your throat? Yeah. Yeah, I could feel it in my throat. Oi. And they would would take like one of the large plastic uh, syringes and they would suck it right out of my throat.
0: How come you didn't have to have that in there during the day? How come only when you slept at night? The uh, No, era. they
2: would they would put it on at night. So I, I basically needed so much oxygen uh-huh. that they had to. Uh, I was at ten liters, and that's how they would pump it in um, through my throat. So, so I had it even on during day. the day. Yeah, day and uh-huh. night, and then as we started to titrate me down to a, a much lesser dose. Um, yeah, so I had like the nasal cannula to start, and then they uh, they put that around my throat.
0: Do you remember when like, you knew, you're like, oh, shit, I'm not going to die? I think uh, I made it.
2: Or do you feel that way now? Do you feel like you made it? Yeah. I mean, considering how big, I mean, I got pretty much like a standing ovation leaving that hospital. Um, I was supposed to basically have a trait cap the rest of my life. And uh, it just started healing so well. Um, but it was an uh, you know, understatement for me to say it was not one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever, ever gone through
0: uh ladies and gentlemen i was um there is a benefactor of the show who has been uh, exceedingly generous to me and my family who let me stay at um a home she owns in newport beach on the beach for two weeks uh and i think i shared that with you guys almost every day when i was there and while i was there i had the pleasure of meeting uh paul there I met Paul on the beach one day. He's friends with um, Sarah, the lady who uh, let us use the home. So uh, then I hung out with Paul on the beach. Yeah, take your time. Uh, Go ahead, do whatever you got to do, Paul. So then I was with, uh, I hung out with Paul on the beach a couple days and uh, we kicked it and we we had a really good time. He's a really cool dude. And one of the things um, that, you know, was revealed to me over time was, is that he's 38 years old and that he said that he spent, uh, I think I want to say 80 days. We'll ask him now uh, in the hospital with COVID. Oh, look, there's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. She done fucked up.
2: Yeah. She trying um, to tell me that me and you weren't even talking. And I'm like, I've been talking to him. She's like, no, you're not. I'm like, okay.
0: No, we are. We're live. I can see the comments. People are commenting. There's two chicks. Uh, what happened when he, what happens when he burps? Like, yeah, people are, people want to know stuff already. So, but, but hold on, hold on before you get there. Yeah. So, so we hung out on the beach. We became friends. We hit it off right away. And, uh, And so I said, Hey, um, I'd love for you to come on the show and just hear the whole story because I'm always just talking crazy shit about people, uh, who got COVID and he kind of fits the, as I got to know him better, he fit the mold. Like what happened to him was because he was fucking abusing his body, um, prior to getting COVID and it was just a perfect storm. Correct. So you're 38, 38. And, And how many kids do you have?
2: I have four. And wow. How old are your kids? My oldest turned 15 this month. Uh, My other daughter turned 14 a couple days later. And then my other daughter will turn 10 in September. And then um, I got a little man that uh, is three.
0: Wow. That's crazy. Congratulations. What are you? You're stoked. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So um, can you tell me. can, can we go back to um like this December 2019, um, January uh, 2020, right around then when we were starting to hear about this cruise ship out in the ocean uh, off the coast of Japan and there's some people with COVID. Can you tell me, so that's two years ago, you're 36 years old. Can you tell me what you look like then? What your lifestyle is? Like, are you smoking at the time? Are you overweight? Just tell me like, what are, are you drinking? Just tell I, uh, me what you're doing. I'm in
2: the middle of a pretty epic relapse at that time. So relapse. Yeah. Okay. What what's that mean? I had about 10 years sober. Well, I had a little 10 years and some days sober. And um I had gone back out. And um I was in the middle of a at that time, those days, I was in the middle of a pretty bad run for myself. So um I was I mean, abusing my body is an understatement, you know. So, you, so at
0: 36 course. you were 10 years sober. You'd gotten sober around 26. Yeah and 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 what and what were you doing? What were you doing it, like in this relapse how does a relapse happen and w- and how quickly does it just pick up and what were you doing?
2: I mean myself or my beliefs with uh, the disease I have I consider you know it's definitely a mental health issue um it was progressive. I was extremely active in my sobriety and um my life had changed tremendously and um uh, all the things that uh sort of get real complacent, sort of believe in kind of my own hype within the industry that I was in and ultimately I, I put a, pretty much put a wedge between myself and all the things that I was doing to uh, actively stay sober and due to some heavy personal things that had happened, I ended up going back out and it was, you know, I battled this disease since I was about 12, 13 years old is when I first started using and I've had some stints of sobriety but by far this was the worst run I had ever been on. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, like it's for me to say a lot of people, I've been doing this so long and uh, it was two weeks. I can honestly say two weeks of the three years I was out, I had fun. And then the type of addict that I am, it's a full time job, mm -hmm. you know. It's uh,
0: so you relapse when you're 36 and in that two or three years um, that you're only two, two or three weeks of it was fun. And the rest is just
2: a fucking nightmare, drug induced nightmare. I mean, just it's it's truly an oxymoron. I mean, I like I use methamphetamine and I use fentanyl and heroin and it's either I'm smoking too much fentanyl where I'm almost about to pass out, not out. And then I use some meth to bring myself back up, or I've used too much meth, and now I'm just completely paranoid. And I spent most of my day trying to find that really plush high that, uh, you know, I, I rarely get. So,
0: and, and did you do nicotine also?
2: Yeah. And, and how much were you smoking? Um, I, I, I'd smoke cigs, you know, occasionally. But, I mean, I was smoking so much meth and so much crack cocaine and, and, and heroin and fentanyl. Um, yeah, I, I I'd smoke occasionally nicotine really nicotine gets me when I'm sober, when I'm not using that's, and that played into the COVID situation. I assume you'll get to, but, um, during my yeah. Run, yeah, I was more focused on using drugs.
0: Yeah. So, so you'd started to sober up before you got COVID.
2: So my sober day was July 25th. So I'm coming up on a, coming up on a year sober, And uh, so, last year, almost a year ago, um, I had gotten uh, checked into detox, and um, yeah, I was, you know, six six months, seven months sober going into the new year, and then I was just heavily vaping, and um, oh, with the jewel, uh, I like like those. I mean, there's a ton of different products out there, Um, but yeah, I was. I think I had like 60 vapes in my house, like before I checked into the 60.
0: Yeah, 60?
2: I just, I had them everywhere. I mean, the last thing you want to do is run out of one of those things. They're Right, soap. right, right. I mean, most people, you know, you go outside to smoke. When you start vaping, you're vaping in bed. Yep. Fucking vaping. Oh, sorry. I'd have been because Vaping in the oh, you shower. Yeah. You know, I, I would yep. literally, I'd stick them in the couch or put them under the pillow just so I know I had one there, while, wherever I was laying or hanging out.
0: I, I had a really short stint with vaping. Mm-hmm. I fucked with the Juul a little bit and the mangoes. And um, I would vape while I was having sex.
2: <laughs> I would wake up in the middle of the night. It would be. I would get black. it
0: to get ready to make sure, like if I was like, "Oh, we're gonna bone." Hold on, let me get my jewel, and I put <laughs> it by the bedside. It was fucking nuts.
2: I, I, would, I would tell people they used to all the jewel used to be black, or you know, the original one was black, and I stopped buying any any of those. I wanted like the, the brightest color because you lose them in the dark. Uh-huh. I wake up in the middle of the night. And I'd, <laughs> I'd knock over my light stand trying to find that thing. It was bad.
0: Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm to oh, I, I really want to hear about this. This, um, what happened as COVID? Like, how it fucking you get it and it creeps into your shit. But for, can I go back even younger? Why? Why do um when you were 13, why did you start doing drugs?
2: Um, you know, I I, I was kind of a nomad in the sense, or kind of a latchkey kid, and um, L.A. or Orange County at that time. Uh-huh. County. I had a neighbor that, um, his family owned a restaurant here in Newport beach and he was a sophomore when I was like a seventh grader. And, uh, I was hanging out with those guys and, you know, for some reason they always like, older well, the guys like to get the young kid high and I, you know, I, I wasn't fighting it in any way. And, uh, that was kind of the first exposure to it. Started just started smoking weed. So I weed a couple times and then that was a 12 and also that same year. Um, I had gotten in trouble at school. So the punishment I had to work with my dad all through the summer and uh, he was in the restaurant business. And uh, I worked in this kitchen that ran like two different shifts a day. And uh, the guys in the kitchen used to smoke me out with meth. And um, I mean, it was, no, Dude, no did your dad ready. know that? Did you? No, dad no, me? no. My dad used to be at the computer in the office and I'd go tap on his shoulder and I'd be like, Hey, I need some money. He wouldn't even look at me. He'd just hand it right over his shoulder. Yeah, like at 20 or something. You know, at that age. Right. And uh, yeah, so I used to just get all twisted up with these dudes. And um, yeah, that was kind of uh, the introduction. I was buying fireworks. Yeah, no, I was. I like bottle rockets. I I still like bottle rockets. But uh, no, I I could still date it back to when my mom used to tell me like I had cousins coming in for the weekend and it'd be like a Tuesday and I would literally go to the, the cabinet and chug cough syrup, like to go to sleep. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to sleep until they get here. Like I was just so excited to hang out with them. And, uh, and I would, I was, you know, eight, eight years old, chugging cough syrup just to say I would never, I wouldn't sleep for four days straight. But, um, yeah, I was always, uh, yearning for some type of substance.
0: What, um, when you look at your own kids now, are you like, Oh shit, God, I hope they don't fucking do that.
2: Oh, big time, big time. i mean, genetic predisposition alone, yeah. you know, uh, the type of junkie addict that I am. And uh, I worry about that. Obviously I see behaviors, but I'm trying not to constantly judge my kids. You know I mean? Right. I want them to be kids. And right. Um, I think the best thing I could do is just arm them with as much information as they possibly could have, you know?
0: And, and and so you go on this fucking crazy run from 12 to uh, 26 where basically you don't have a single day of
2: your life where you're sober um so 12 now I, there was a lot of you know incarceration and, and drug rehabs in there i was able to well because you started stealing for drugs or dealing drugs uh i dealt drugs i mean i i was I always had access uh just with a group of friends i ran with and um i got into some trouble got into like a pretty bad fight down here and hit this dude in the head with like a metal bar and ended up at juvenile oh, hall doing, doing
0: over thing. drug, over a drug deal over money. No,
2: no, 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 oh, just, oh, oh. Uh, just a fight. Just a fight. Yeah. So I had that going on. And then, um, one of the worst things that happened to me as a child was, uh, it was the same year, the Columbine shooting. had happened. Uh, uh-huh. I was suspended from school at the time. It was two days after the Columbine shooting. So I know that. And, uh, I had gone to a girl's house, um, for what I thought was a birthday party, but I was so loaded. It was a going away party. So I'm 15 years old and suspended that Monday after going to that party. And, and my buddy's like, we need to get some money to get some weed. And I'm like, oh, I know where this girl put the money from her birthday party. Let's just go steal it. Sounded like an easy plan. Yeah. We go over there. We break into the house. And um, it was a tri-level house in Dana Point. And we enter from the top. And by the time we got down to the bottom room, there was this room. All the walls had guns hanging on it. And two guys I did it broke into the house with. They were like 19 and 17. I was 15. One of my buddies, uh, Brent, was like, um, I know where we can sell these guns. And we can get the money. I was like, oh, he's like my sister's boyfriend. I said, great, let's take them. We ended up taking every gun. So it, it turned out to be over 100 different handguns and like knives and stuff. So we went and I stashed <laughs> it back <laughs> the parents' house. And later that night, I was tripping. You know, I had all this stuff in my mom's house, right? my mom and stepdad's. And I called them. The next morning, I'm like, hey, Brent, you got to get here. We were going to go bury him and hide him until we get rid of all of them, all these genius ideas we had. And um, I kept calling him. He, he didn't answer. And his mom uh, picked up my last call. I had left a message. She's like, oh, honey, Brent's running an errand. He'll be there soon. Although in the previous message I would left, um, I said everything. I'm like, Brent, we will to go bury these guns. Well, she was recording her son's calls to see where he was getting drugs from. Had came across my voicemail. She turned her son right into the police. And the only reason cops didn't come to my house immediately, I was a minor. So basically, long and short of it, my, my parents' home got raided. And um, they got me with all those guns. And that was two days after Columbine shooting. So they threw the book at me as a minor. So that was Damn. kind of an introduction to now the jail system. But uh,
0: How long did you spend in, in jail for that?
2: Um, I was in eight months. Oh, and then I yeah. uh, did a year on house arrest. Wow. Yeah, that was my first exposure. I'll be honest with you. my hair was falling out. I mean, first time getting get locked up, I'm in a single man's cell. Which jail were you in? Was it Southern
0: California? Uh, or-
2: it was the juvenile hall in Orange, California.
0: So you're off to the races. And were you sober when you were in there?
2: In juvenile hall. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And that was kind of probably the first time you had
2: been sober in... Yeah, yeah, consistent sober absolutely. That that was a complete everything stopped then.
0: And in um, when you come out, um do you just go right over to the to your friend's mom's house and just fucking take a big shit in her mouth? No, I'm
2: joking. <laughs> um all uh, the, all those guys they got because they were older they have gotten uh sent away to like uh, Los Pinos and like the adolescent camps and I did my time at the hall but yeah, the house would rest. Yeah, I had every intention of staying sober, but as soon as I was out, um, I ended up smoking weed and getting loaded again and just back onto the races.
0: And, and the system, the system doesn't do anything to help you prevent that, right? They're like, look, we're going to get out and you're going to start playing soccer eight hours a day and you're going to be in this program. It's not like that. It's just like, hey, go home. And uh, you start digging through your mom's fucking cabinet for fucking.
2: Yeah, I, I did a lot, and of cottons and I or- a lot of my mom's medication because my mom is absolutely again, it's it's. We are so polar opposites in that regard. She doesn't take anything, but yeah. Your mom doesn't? No. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. I can remember going to my friend's houses,
0: um, some really rich people, and the and the parents would have just crazy um, sample boxes of any drug you wanted, basically, that their doctors had given them, like a sample box of Oxycontin, sample box of Oxycodone, sample box of Vicodin, you know what I mean? And there'd be hundreds in them, and you just pull them out and pop one and throw the back. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you got great friends now. I, I, I would steal other people's pill bottles, you know, but. Um, it was nuts.
2: All those kids ended up doing a lot of meth too. Well, it's just the accessibility to meth now. It's, it's you know, it's crazy as everything's happened during this uh, pandemic, um, you know, inflation and everything now. The cost of drugs is cheap and the abundance is, it's just, it's the scariest time. And I've been doing this a long time. Mm. Uh, whether i'm sober or i work in the industry now um uh, i think it's the scariest time to be a drug addict
0: um so so then at twenty six what happens that um makes you um decide to get sober did you have a near death experience or
2: well um i i was i had a i had some sobriety before that uh-huh. um i lost like four friends uh dead lost like dead yeah overdose all uh, uh, when i was twenty uh-huh um, so I got put in, I got put into treatment and I was able to maintain about uh, six years of sobriety. Or I say dry, I, I wasn't doing anything to help myself, I just wasn't using, I was just selling uh-huh. drugs and uh, kind of staying in that lifestyle because I think you,
0: you were selling but not in not not doing so much between 2026,
2: yeah, between the about 19 to uh, 2024.
0: 20, um, did you carry?
2: uh carry guns guns. yeah uh i've i've been a convicted felon since i was like 19 so uh you don't want to get caught with guns out here i mean okay did i have guns to do a transaction or something yeah but i i never just rolled around with one though it
0: it, it was kind of the um i used to sell a lot of weed and then soon if you were going to move out of the weed game or start selling large amounts of weed to strangers all of a sudden it became a gun thing and I always, oh, avoided, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always kind of avoided that. That's why I never graduated. Cause I didn't well, want to that, any that gun story. Thing.
2: I told you when we stole those guns. Yeah. Well, we real good, when we went back. None of us had touched a gun before we're all yeah. sitting Indian style in my buddy's house, looking at these things. And my uh-huh. buddy, you know, we, we couldn't even get the clips out. And my friend had pointed, I mean, literally Indian style, three of us and uh, shot one bullet right above my head. He thought he had got, cause he got the clip out. We didn't know, you know, st- there's still one in the chamber.
0: This was at your parents' house?
2: This was at my, one of my buddies that I, we robbed the place with. And it goes in the wall, tiny. And that's when, you know, now I know what a hollow point is, but it came out much larger. And I mean, literally all of our ears went out, you know, and I just felt it just grazed the top of my hair. It was, yeah, it was. What the fuck? Ex- first near death experience.
0: <clears throat> Oh God. Uh, okay. So, 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 so what ends up happening at 26 that makes you like finally get like serious about it?
2: Do you almost Um, go to jail again or? Yeah. Yeah. I got, um, I got busted pretty bad down here. Um, I was super paranoid. I had like this little stash pen down in San Clemente and, um, I was so loaded that I just got too high.
0: For those of you yep. don't know, San Clemente is a small um, surf surfer town in uh, in between basically San Diego and Los Angeles, and it is like a premier spot for surfers. It's like surfer haven. All the best surfers in the world probably own homes there, know someone there, surf there. It's it's like a me- surfing mecca. Okay, sorry, go
2: ahead. All good, all good. Yeah, no. So I had a little stash pad there, and I just got too high. I started doing the peeking out the window thing. Convinced myself that you know the place was hot. So I packed up all my drugs and then I was going to move it to a friend's house. Buddy called me on the way I, in the process of me doing that. He asked for something. And um, my buddy suffered from some severe mental health and, you know, we were using together. So I roll up to his house in Laguna and he's got a bulletproof vest on and he's outside walking around. Neighbor oh, He's more back. paranoid than you.
0: Holy shit.
2: The neighbor, the neighbor saw that. So I go inside to, to drop off what he needs. And I mean, this house was insane. It had full security room and um he's outside talking to someone i'm about to leave the stuff there for him and um i just see on like a hundred screens on this wall i just see cop car cop car cop car and i'm like oh my god and you know to leave out the back means you drop off into laguna canyon you know a couple hundred feet to your death i went to look to see if i could do it i couldn't and i'm scared of heights so that wasn't going to happen but i will go back in that security room I had a buddy in the car. They already had him out of the car. They had all the drugs I had in the car already. And out. so
0: and, and and what had happened was is you had all your, your drugs in the car because you gotten paranoid at your stash house and
2: we're gonna move yeah.
0: locations. Oh fuck. oh
2: fuck. Yeah, and I mean this happened so fast. It was just so hard to comprehend. They already had both the one guy in my car uh in cuffs. They had my buddy in the bulletproof vest in cuffs. Oh and um about ten minutes later they called my cell phone. And uh, they asked me to come outside, and um, I, I'm just trying to hide everything in the house that I had, even though they had the rest of my car. And uh, my buddy had one of those desert lynx cats that's like five feet tall. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So um, they called my cell phone back, and they were asking me all this stuff about the cat and. They waited next day, you know, like a SWAT team shows up and they were all ready. I just saw these guys like gearing up to come in and I was like, okay, I'll come out. You know, I didn't want to fucking get shot over this, but they were more concerned about the cat than they were me. Bottom line. Cri- That's exactly what it was. <sighs> so this dude was rich as shit. Oh yeah. Big duh.
0: Uh What ended up happening to him? Did he get off since it was all your drugs?
2: Yeah, he did. Nothing happened to him. I went. I went down a Ball of Flames for that one. They offered me ten years. Um, two days later, I had checked first. I checked into rehab, uh-huh. so I tried to detox at home, and um, I was in such bad shape. I mean, did some of the worst things I've ever done, like uh, use in front of my, you know, my girl at that time, and just things I would have never done. But I was, I, w- I was hurting bad, and um, yeah, I went to went to treatment. Uh, I had scheduled to go to a certain rehab. And I uh, ended up at the wrong one, but I was kicking dope so bad at that time. I just stayed there. And um,
0: what do you mean you went to the wrong one? Like you signed up for this one and showed up. Yeah. My, attorney still told my
2: attorney's in? like, uh, you should go to uh, Atinas in Pasadena. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> we, we just Google Pasadena and Pasadena recovery center came up and then my attorney's like, you're going to love the place. It's all these sprawling green grounds. It's a hospital. And then I show up to Pasadena recovery center and it's, it's a little janky, but you know what? It it all worked out for the best. So.
0: And, and and so and so you didn't get the ten years.
2: No, the first offer was ten years, and um, I had a really good attorney, and I stayed in rehab the entire time and fought my case uh-huh. from treatment. We did a you know a whole bunch of postponing, and I mean, at first, from unfortunately my past, I know like you know you want to address your court case right at the beginning. Yeah, everyone's trying to sink their teeth into it, but you play that thing out for a year. Um, it's not that attractive, you know, and we pushed it out as far as we could. Um, so, you know, I, I got busted February 8th, uh, 2010. I was in treatment February 10th. And, um, I, they, they had a court reset where they switch all the judges and DAs. And I took my offer of, uh, I checked in to turn myself into jail, uh, August, um, 28th of, um, 2010.
0: And then how long did you
2: have to do a year? damn, do you cry when you get that? The judge made me, I I had all the character letters. I was feeding homeless. I got to be honest, I was doing all these things, but I was doing all these things for the court, you know? Right, of course. And um, it wasn't until I got in there that it just all, um, it was the first time since I was a juvenile that I got put into a single man jail cell. And um, I don't care how tough you are. I mean, just that, being alone that, you know, 17 hours a day in a cell, it was, it was tough, you know? And then I could really see, I was doing things for court, wasn't really doing it for myself, but um, yeah, I was super fortunate to get that offer. And the judge had I said, you got a one-time offer. I'll give you a year, but you sign right now. And I asked to go out and speak to my family. She said, no, she says, I'll, uh, I'll give you about three to five minutes to make a decision. And my attorney like nodded, like you need to take this. So I just, hey, signed right there.
0: do you think that if you wouldn't have gone to jail,
2: you would have relapsed right then and there? Or no? Um, do I don't that? know. I don't know. Okay. I had caused so much wreckage. Uh, you know, at that time, I had two young kids. My two oldest were, you know, two and three. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I know me going to jail needed to happen.
0: No shit.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's the only way I can ever really just. There's only two ways I can justify jail: if you think it's going to help someone, or if it's going to protect someone. Like if someone's hurting people, and 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 you weren't hurting people. And so, at, then it becomes what's best for
2: you. Yeah, and, I think I mean just being transparent and having this type yeah. of conversation. Uh, I think the whole jail system is extremely faulted out here. Yeah. But I think for my personal case, yeah, it needed to happen. I needed to slow this whole thing down. I had broken so many laws. You know what I mean? Um, I needed that separation. Ideally, I tried to get a deal where I could just stay in rehab for the year, but the court wasn't having that.
0: And then, and then you, and then you get out. And you're, tw- are you, are you 27 now?
2: Yeah. So, well, I turned 27 in there because my birthday is September 7th. Uh-huh. And then, um, it was, uh, I mean, it was, it's things I'll never forget to celebrating a birthday in there. Okay. Not, not, not the end of the world. Not too big of a deal. Yeah. But, um, celebrating the holidays in there was, uh, was extremely tough. was extremely tough. And uh, you got to keep in mind, I mean, at this time, I'm uh, what, uh-huh. I'm almost eight months sober when I check into treatment or check into jail. I turn myself in. So I'm, I'm, I'm sober and I had done time before. And, you know, I get in there, the guys I knew, I mean, I knew a bunch of people that I grew up with or went to school with. And, uh, it's like, who were in there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like an ongoing joke and everyone's getting high in there. And then I would always say, no, I'm sober. And they're all like laughing at me like, Oh yeah, this guy's sober. No one believed me that I was sober. Oh, wow. You know, because, uh, you really don't check into jail sober and I'm in jail, you know, everyone. So, um, that took some time for everyone to kind of really believe that, uh, I wasn't getting high.
0: What were they doing when you were in jail? What kind of drugs were they doing? Just smoking weed or cough syrup? Um, no,
2: weed. there's weed in there, but it's, it's a bust. You know, there's that it's going to smell forever. Main things were, um, the Pruno hooch.
0: Oh, okay.
2: And then, um, and then whatever anybody it's, like, you really want me to tell you all of bit? Yeah, sure, please. Okay. Keyster? Uh, what do you Keister? You keyster it in people? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. In? So guys, it's called shelving, and uh-huh. it's definitely not for everybody. I I would never do it. It's not that serious, but guys are that know they're turning themselves in or um, in an area where they're going to get pinched, they'll shelf and they literally they could fit you know a syringe, a lighter, you know a bunch of dope up in there. And then when they get inside, they go to the certain, you know, uh, whoever's in charge of your race, ask for a plastic bag. And, um, yeah. And they, they go in there and they shut all that out. It's, uh,
0: shelving, inserting a foreign item into the rectum, usually in regards to recreational drugs, a discreet, discreet and effective way. Um, I haven't got much left, so I guess I'll shelve the rest. Um, why, um, I'm surprised that they don't know and they don't check for that.
2: Well, they do. Once you get in there, you get yeah. strip strip searched, and then you have to squat and cough, and that's the attempt of getting it out of there. But like uh, a fucking pocket knife drops out, ding. I mean, <laughs> a lot of those guys carry carry uh something in there to protect themselves.
0: Okay, so you get out, and then, and then are you tripping? You're like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going uh, to do? I got
2: released to like a behavior modification program, so Phoenix House. So it was a good transition, you know. Um, a lot of guys that were incarcerated and stuff. So do you get uh, a job? No, no, no. You didn't leave the treatment center. You, like you work at the treatment center. Uh-huh. So it gave me some, you know, some better timing that was going on with society. You know what I mean? Cause I had been, uh, tucked away for a little bit, but I don't think doesn't make you a year. It's not going to make you too institutionalized, you know? Um, but, um, yeah. So I went to treatment after that. And then from there I went right back to sober living. And, and then, and then what, what's the first job you get outside of that um i I was working on like movie sets uh, do, uh locations so I'd go f- for like all these different commercials I'd go scout the location or the guy would and I'd either guard the location I thought it was a great job coming out because I was getting like 250 bucks a day working yeah. like an hour or two yeah and then but it's a day rate next thing you know you are working 18 20 hours for that 250 it, was, it got it got to be, be terrible. Who hooked you up with that job? Sober people, guys I met in the program.
0: Oh, shit. So yeah. so, so give me an idea. So they would be like, hey, well, they're going to shoot a deodorant ad here tomorrow at this park. Just park here and wait until all the movies. Yeah, go pick up a
2: van, walkie talk. My first overnight gig was the day the Patriots lost to the Giants in that first second Super Bowl. And um, I had to go out to Death Valley and guard the set. And basically, it was just equipment dropped off in the desert overnight, fucking freezing. And um yeah, it was it was super depressing. But uh yeah, it was just odd and end jobs like that. And then and then, and then that was enough
0: to start like getting back into your kids' life and back into your No, I mean at that time,
2: um, you know, uh my now ex and, and my or my girl at the time, ex now uh and kids was uh they were staying with her parents and um I wasn't really liked by too many family members at that time for kind of the records that I created. So I was just staying at sober living. I was working these jobs and then um, I'd taken over as a sober living house manager for the house I was in. Oh, and cool. Th- that kind of led into what I do now for, for work. But um,
0: yeah. And did you start feeling like a good person, like your self-esteem and your self-worth and just like, you just, did you feel like a good person?
2: You know, when I, when I had gone back after doing that year and then uh, going into um, the treatment center, they released me to And then, Completing that and going back to sober living, I was actually somewhat in a, in a good place. I will say when you hear the, how do they say it? Like the last time I felt ever centered, um, and I was like, kind of like spiritually and and kind of sound was actually in jail. I know -hmm. it sounds a little crazy, but you know, I had the 10 books that I had. I knew what time I was getting fed, um, I learned very early in that sentence to stay off the phone. You know, it just, they call it the stress box. You talk to your kids, you get all emotional and um, the world goes on. All your friends, everything still goes on. So you feel really left behind, but yeah, I, I had a really good program going on for myself of how to get through those days. And uh, I was, I was like, it sounds crazy. I was happy. You know I mean? I was happy with myself. I knew I had a date coming up, but um, you know, the day I walked out of there that, that goes right out the window you put a cell phone in your hands and then you're making calls and all the little routines I had and, you know, meditations I did. I mean, it was almost impossible to get that back.
0: Wow. Okay. So there's discipline and structure in there and routine.
2: I I feel that's the only way to get through, you know, and there's a lot of guys doing it. There's a lot of guys doing it. It it wasn't like I made all this stuff up. These were were taught to me
0: um and then and then you so from from you you have this job you're you're um, on the movie sets guarding stuff and then uh, wh- how what progresses next what's the next vocation you end up getting you climb up the um, food chain in that in that world no so
2: i was in the sober living at that time in uh, highland park and you know i was going to i was going to a meetings uh daily and um kind of built this core group of guys and you know i'm getting approached almost every day at a meeting like oh you know you have any space in your sober living so I said, up start filling this house and um, I'd gone to the owner and I was like, listen, you know, I got a bunch of people that want to move in here. We need to add some beds. We added beds and that got full. And then I said, you know, we need to get another house. And we got another house in Pasadena. And next thing you know, I mean, um, I kind of found what I saw as, as my niche within the industry of uh, what I wanted to do. And um, it, you know, I made it work for uh, for some time. And, then and I branched it, out on my own,
0: and and you, what's that mean? You branched out on your own. You start opening your own. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I mean, at that point, at the end of the day, I was still working for somebody, and I was pretty much doing everything. You know, from day to day to dealing with the clients, house meetings, you know, grocery shopping, the whole operation, and um, you know, I wasn't making the lion's share of everything. So, um, yeah, I had gone to uh, um, my my ex's father. He, he gave me the first thirty k. And uh, went and opened my own sober living, and it was it it got real big after that.
0: No shit.
2: Yeah. Do you still own those homes? I have some sober livings. Yeah. through the whole COVID thing, um, It was probably the toughest business to still maintain. But we still have some homes. Yeah. No shit. That was
0: tough. The 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 one my wife works at one, and 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 they were actually pr- pr- prior to COVID hurting. And during COVID it just fucking
2: exploded. Cause
0: everyone was just, yeah, it, it, so it's two ways.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's two ways to look at it. I mean, I, I had 12 sober living homes. So I had about 160 beds. Wow. And, um, and we were definitely one of the larger ones in, in Los Angeles, but, um, you know, the, the, the unfortunate, I mean, how it all works. It's, it's basically, you know, the sober living I went to, we all paid cash to be at, you know, and, uh, then the industry changed and then Sober Livings worked with treatment centers and um so that's that's how it, it got really big. But um yeah, then I opened my first treatment center following that and uh
0: Hey, that must would So, so relapsing being the boss of all that shit must have been some, a massive ego blow, huh? You must've been tripping. Oh
2: yeah. So that run, um, started. Because at, you
0: saw, sorry to interrupt. You saw, you saw employees relapse over the 10 years you ran that, right? Like someone would go through your oh, program, they'd okay, get a job yeah. there. Next thing you know, you're like, fuck that dude's high as fuck. Yeah. I was group.
2: definitely the alpha of my whole kind of uh, situation. <sighs> and I saw a ton of employees relapse, a ton of clients relapse, but, um, yeah, I uh, I basically, you know, at that time, had enough padding between myself, the businesses, had enough money, I kept everyone at bay. So for I would say eighteen months, you know, no one had a clue. No one uh, had a clue.
0: And, and and during this time, when when you were twenty six and you got out, you said you were active. What were you doing? Were you lifting weights? Were you doing jujitsu?
2: What were you doing? Yeah, so you know, um, when I had gotten out of jail and uh, went back to sober living. Yeah. Um, I started, uh, training, uh, doing MMA, uh, training MMA and, and really, uh, loving jujitsu within that, that training. And, uh, turns out my coach at that time, Savant Young, he was for Fight Academy in Pasadena. Um, you know, he, he, he knew a lot about the disease of addiction, um, through family. And, uh, that was great to me. And I would get up 6am, go to the gym. I train like four hours in the morning. I do my AA stuff you know, work on the sober living stuff. And then I train at night and I, I was the absolute, I, I, I literally took all my addictive nature and channeled it into that. And, um,
0: what's that look like? So, so wrestling, jujitsu, striking, um, judo, yeah, you're doing I, it all. We,
2: we, we did, we did it all. It was a okay. true, you know, old school MMA <laughs> and, um, yeah, there is coach right there. And, um, Super, super, I mean, just, you know, opened up the home to me, introduced me to a lot of guys at a time where I was absolutely rebuilding. You know, I was you know, growing up in Orange County and uh, now I'm up in LA. I only got a bunch you know, sober friends through the sober living. And now I can make some friends outside of there. And um, it, it just couldn't came at a better time. Uh,
0: and, and how, how long did you do that? How long were you ser- serious about training MMA in the Um
2: So that was basically 2011. I would say, I mean, I didn't miss, I didn't miss a day. You know, I'm training five, six days a week. You'd have days off, you know, obviously, but. Um, it's part of your rehab, basically. Oh, like yeah, you said, 100%. you've, you've, you've totally put your energy into it. I mean, uh, I You're basically. scratching the same itch. I can say this. I trained almost every day, uh, more days than not up until that relapse. So 10 years,
0: uh, um, did you, did you get belts at the gym?
2: Yeah, so th- I mean, through that process, uh, a lot of gyms have like no gi belt systems, which I'm exposed to something completely different now. Um, but uh, yeah, I was brown belt and like no gi, and then um, greatest thing happened. Uh, we had done a seminar at Fight Academy, and we had Jeff Glover there, and um, he had made a comment about you know some of the best guys in Jiu Jitsu are the Mendez brothers, and um, About a week later after that seminar, uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, was born. I had gone to go to the store to get some stuff, go back to the hospital. And driving down 17th, I saw a sign that says Mendez Brothers Jiu-Jitsu. So I had called my coach, told him about it, and they did the coolest thing ever. They said, if that's really them, they really have a gym here, you need to leave here and go start training there. So um, I had signed up. Yeah. Did you start over at a white belt again? Yeah no shit. Yeah. yeah 10 Cause years I was doing ago. all nogi MMA style jujitsu, you know, everything for position. Uh, you could do leg attacks, heel hooks. Um, but you put the gi on and everyone had told me, you know, you, you put the gi on, it'll definitely sharpen, um, uh, you know, sharpen your nogi game. And, uh, oh yeah, there they are good. I mean, just unbelievably, uh, really good guys. Wow, crazy. I think they changed the game. But you know, people obviously that would always spark an argument. And you know, that's sport jujitsu. A lot of that stuff, you it's not self-defense, and you're not going to use a lot of that in an MMA fight. But in the sports jujitsu, that's that's as bad as good as it gets. I, I I um
0: I like um I think the tenth planet guy does it. That combat jujitsu. Is that what it oh, is? Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Eddie Bravo's combat jujitsu. So it's open palm.
0: Yeah. I yeah. And you can't strike until someone goes to the ground first. Right. I kind of like that because sometimes I watch jujitsu and, you know, my kids do it and they do it a lot. And, and I see like the people getting into these positions and I'm just like, yeah, like that. They've been stuck there so long. And in the real world, you could, you could put a stop to that right away. Right. Just like lean over and punch the dude in the face. Right. So I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of nice that they have that. Say it again.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's belief system. I mean, for myself, I'm, I'm a huge supporter of all, uh, right. Right. Martial arts. Of so right. I love Eddie Bravo's, uh, layout. I mean, I think what he's done has been, you know, has given the sport just a, a huge leaps and bounds, but I think for sport jujitsu, what they've done and just how hard these guys train, I mean, it's like a, it's like yeah. an all-star team. You know, people come, I, I've met so many people from around the world. It, I, I'm shocked. Like, People that are very successful in their own countries literally will come out here, stay in an apartment with ten or fifteen other dudes, living on air mattresses or sleeping bags or mattresses on the ground, just to train here. Yeah, I believe and, it. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's been quite the experience. But yes, I, you know, I agree with what you're saying. The
0: whole yeah, the whole community is awesome. Gee, no gee, like it, it's good. It's I just heard Robert. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just heard Robert Whitaker, the Australian, you know, 185 pound fucking super Jeez. stud. Just yeah, yeah, say that, man. It's it it that basically jujitsu is is just a great lifestyle. Like, don't think of it as anything else other than just a great lifestyle. And I couldn't agree more. It's so good. I for think my kids. coming
2: from the MMA gym, and uh, there was times where I'd go in there. We we'd have our crazy sparring sessions, and then I'm leaving there. You know, I can't chew. My jaw's been absolutely rearranged,
0: <laughs> um, and I'm just like,
2: you know, I got a hematoma on my shin from kicking someone's knee. I could barely walk, and I'm like, everyone's telling all my friends, are like, you're an idiot. Like, I, I can't believe you do this shit. I wanted to be able to spar at 100 and have that, and Jiu-Jitsu's giving me that. Yeah, where I could just go full clip all the time and uh, really test myself. You know, it, boxing and, and 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 kickboxing, it's. Oof. I got a lot of respect. That's rough.
0: Um are you back at
2: it? Um I just got medically cleared. Okay. So, um I would say in the next next couple of weeks.
0: Are you I, missing I, oh, it I'm or afraid. are you dreading going back? I'm missing it. I'm missing okay. it. In, yeah, yeah. Okay. Big time. Um I'm going to jump forward for here but then I'm going to go back a second. So, you re- did you did you end up getting the pellets um put in your hip? Yes, I did. Um so w- w- So about a week or two ago, you went and got blood work.
2: No, I got blood work done a little before that. Okay. And then today will be actual two full weeks of the pellets.
0: And so you got blood work and and what did the blood work say?
2: So I don't know if a lot of people know this, but, um, I've noticed some things in my own recovery and through this journey. And, um, I noticed a lot of guys that get sober they want to. everyone start working out getting healthy and you know like i said my own experience everyone start gym rats and just they want to get big and uh, a lot of guys weren't getting any results and then kind of noticing what like almost women go through in menopause you know they need hormones to to get readjusted it's pretty much what the experience has been uh, on this side where opiates are the number one killer of natural testosterone
0: no shit i didn't know that
2: so I mean, you could be on Suboxone, you know, methadone, any of the maintenance drugs, or the actual opiates itself. So you know, like I said, I had my blood done, and I came back at you know one sixty three. Okay, it's like an eighty four year old man.
0: Yeah, I heard. I heard Leah Thomas, the the dude that swims with the
2: girls, is like two fifty. A little. He had more than me. Yeah. Yeah. So one sixty three and wasn't having tr- any issue with libido. Um, just had gained weight was constantly tired. Uh, huh. you know, I'm drinking four or five energy drinks, three cups of coffee in the morning. Yeah. I'm lucky to get any water down at that point, you know? And, right. uh, like the adrenals just absolutely tap sluggish, eat something. You feel like shit. I mean, I'm taking melatonin to sleep, any, any type of herbal thing to, to yeah. help you sleep. can't sleep. And, um, it sound like you're describing me. I hate yeah, that. I just, feel, <laughs> I feel honestly, I know it's been two weeks and they say the pellets peak right around two weeks. Yeah. Um, but I would say after about a week, you know, seven days, I started feeling a lot better. I haven't taken a nap and um, I feel a little chippy, you know, a little aggressive, agitated more, but I mean, that's a transition with any TRT uh, regimen.
0: So, so you got your blood work back and then they basically just opened up a little.
2: They yeah, just so touched to the a- doc's office. You had a uh-huh. uh, Dr. Uh, Carolyn Connor on, on the show with Damien. Yeah. And, um, I had, um, Sarah was a real big advocate, um, uh-huh. of, of me getting this done. So she's like, you need to get in there. And we were going to go with injections. Um, I've been on two TRT regimes in the past uh-huh. and, um, i got a lot of scar tissue buildup, like on the right side. So, you know, getting, getting a a shot in there sometimes a little hurts a little more than it should. So I thought the pellets were just a great, you know, opportunity. It's a lot more, you know, hearing it's side effects are a little less. It's a lot more stable. You're going to have them in there six to seven months. They'll dissipate, you know, and then you can have the procedure done again. Um, I said, yeah, let's, let's go for it. So small incision in the hip, numb you up first, small incision, the implant, implant, the implants, uh, the pellets, and then, um, they use a Steri-Strip, and um, yeah, and then you're off and, and run. It did swell, like I told, it was going to swell, and it. I was sore for about five days.
0: Yeah. Um, can Can you feel the pellets when you push on it? No, they're tiny, tiny. And then, and 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 you do feel it. You feel better. You're not napping. You actually feel better.
2: Yeah, I would say you know, right around the seven day mark, I, I had just noticed. I was like, fuck, you know. Want to get back to the gym? Want to start working out? And I understand there's there's a mental component to this, but I, I truly felt physically uh, better. Yeah. I, you got to understand. I mean, running at 163, I, I'm in a female's range, so right. anything's going to be better than that,
0: right? Um, have you noticed? Has, has your diet changed? Have
2: you do you want to eat different food? Do you drink less coffee, less energy drinks, shit like that? Well, now since being out of the hospital, I do everything different. I have two cups of coffee a day. I haven't had an energy drink uh, since being out of the hospital. Um, I don't vape, so uh, everything I do in intake is is pretty monitored. Can you believe you quit vaping? That is some hard shit to quit. I'll be honest with you. Over all the drugs that I've done, um yeah. I, I, I miss vaping. <laughs> you know, I do. Yeah. You know, a lot Nicotine's of vape companies dope. are here. Nicotine's so, amazing. Yeah, a lot of the vape companies are here, so everyone vapes, and my whole clients and every—I mean, everybody vapes. But everyone complains about quitting but no one's yeah yeah
0: yeah. Quitting. it's stupid it is yeah, completely so, stupid. Yeah. and and let me tell you it it
2: it those people all are gonna die prematurely i hate to say it well i mean what it did to me in that short period of time i mean i was vaping in the er i had snuck one in when i had the 105 temperature so i was below 100
0: at 29 years old and moody as hell Oof. i'm in right there now this guy is a twelve inch cock and thirty two inch <laughs> biceps. Um. Okay. So so you you um you're twenty six, you twenty 27 You get out of jail. You start working. You get on the straight and narrow. You're training um, w- with some of the most disciplined people in the world in one of the best sports the world's ever seen. You know, combat and uh, learning how to use your body. You're getting super grounded. You're getting your shit together. You actually you start to become an entrepreneur and start opening your own businesses and drugs re- drug rehabs. And there was something you. you you must, did you just stop going to AA all of a sudden there was some sort of mindset piece you said that happened in there where you just thought that maybe like you were too cool for school or you started believing your own hype or yeah. what was was that?
2: Everything was really working out for me with work and, um, money, girls, cars, work, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the kind of the arrangement I had at a time having, uh, um, you know, three kids was I'd work and, um, you know, my girl at the time was stay home with the kids. So I did everything I could to to make this work thing work. And and it, and it did. But I was doing that. All my business were in LA. I was gone. I was away all the time. And um, you know, I started taking a lot of these guys to the meetings I go to, and then I felt like I couldn't go to these meetings so i clients there. Really, what I was doing, I was just kind of putting a wedge and I was just bullshitting myself. And um, I just got away from all the basics. There's no need to you know, my experience now, I don't need to complicate all this stuff. It's it's worked for many people, and I just had to get back to the basics. But Which is what? You go to, go to meetings regularly? Yeah. I mean, currently, you know, um, I, I attend probably six or seven meetings a week, Ooh. something that I didn't even do before. But also, to, uh, I'd like to state, I have an Alano club that has, you know, 10 meetings a day, only, you know, two-minute walk from my house. So I have the access What's an meeting. Alano club? just like a nice club a gym no it's just uh just a, a spot dedicated to 12-step to meetings oh shit okay yeah cool. so they they got a schedule and yeah so i have accessibility to these meetings and um i'm having a good experience right now with uh my recovery but yeah i got away from all of it
0: what, what of it. was the first thing that you started doing was it alcohol what was the first thing you did when you when you started relapsing um the pain
2: pills oh shit yeah Samples. Pop a couple of those that started with two a day and by the end, by the time I stopped those, I was eating right around 50 a day. 50 a day. Yeah. The amount of Tylenol and those things gets you so absolutely nauseous that, um, I found a way I'll just tell you, you take basically like a, a cup uh-huh. and put a coffee filter over it and then you put uh-huh. a rubber band around that kind of push the coffee filter in. You put the pain pills in there like the Norcos and then you take hot water and pour it over it uh-huh. and hydrocodone is water soluble. And then the Tylenol gets caught in the filter. So then I would drink whatever drops through. Oh shit. It was, I mean, I had just, it was a, I couldn't even eat this how, anymore. How, how do you get 50 a
0: day? How do you supply that habit? Where do you buy them?
2: Um, I mean, crooked doctors to people off the street. Wow. Dude, there's crazy shit out here. So there is a. Uh, tell um, me. Tell me. Um, there's tell basically. Me. A, a Change service. the
0: names to protect the guilty. Yeah, no, no, no. There's a,
2: service, <laughs> there's a service in LA. You call this number and then um, they basically send an Uber or Lyft to your house. Uh huh. And then you, they pull right out front and then you would get in the back and they hand you a menu. And these guys are driving with weight. I mean, thousands of pills. And they literally hand you a menu. They have everything. Heroin, crack, ketamine, GHB, every type of pill. Is it a dude? Is it a dude or a girl? Both. And do you think they're packing? No. No. No, not these guys. I mean, you know, what the fuck? I don't know. I I became friends with these guys because I ordered so much off them. But, um, yeah, I mean, this guy had an operation going on, sending an Uber and Lyft drivers everywhere. just a one-stop shop. So when I got introduced to that, that that made everything a lot worse.
0: Uh, just so you know, before uh, Paul, you weren't on the show when I was going off of this. This person whose occupation it is to deliver drug via Lyft, I don't want them at the public library reading to my kids either. I was making a list of people like I don't want reading to my kids at the public library. Now, I do want that person to come on my show. It's a fascinating occupation, and I think it's <laughs> I'd like to know all about it but that person's not appropriate to read to my kids at the public library. Absolutely. I don't want that. They, it's just different. Kids. They're different. They got different skills. I was just saying like, I don't hate trannies. I love trannies fucking party with trannies. I just, they, they should, they oh, don't they need party. to be Yeah. They're fucking the greatest partiers. They're free. Shit gets awesome with them around, but, but I don't I want selfish, them at the, they leave the house with better odds. Right.
2: I But I don't want in, them at the public then, library. Uh, you know, reading to my the house better odds it's, it's, yeah. it's a little more being selfish
0: okay so 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 you, so what once you're in the scene you can get whatever you want once you're in the know and you have and you have money you can get whatever you want like boys yeah yeah supply and demand and then and and then some and then something happens um do, do you go back to you do you ever start using needles yeah
2: the this this last run i ended with needles and for meth or heroin or fentanyl? Uh meth primarily meth, and then I got got bad enough and a couple failed trials. I mean, the fentanyl thing's so weird because every batch is different. Every batch. So you gotta, you know, I had a couple of buddies that always test it out. Um, but I, I'd put a very, you know, very, very minimal amount, like point one, point two in the syringe with the with the meth, and I'd blast off. How
0: how many people do you know in the last um two years who've died from drug overdose. Oh my God. Oh, really? It is like that, huh? It's, it's more than five.
2: Um, yeah, one, I, I know one that died last week. I helped her get, so we actually went into treatment the same day and, um, they had found her body, um, two days in the bathroom, but, um, fentanyl again, So so that shit's real. Like is yeah, it, it is it Chinese
0: it, fentanyl coming over the border in Mexico and it's just killing people like absolutely like, That's it. Just like they say on like the that's like the conspiracy theory. 100,000 oh, kids died good. in 2021. Now it's going to be 150,000 in 2022.
2: Oh, uh, you know, the crazy piece is if look up um I know this chick who just died from fentanyl. She wasn't even doing fentanyl. Okay, so that that's that's a point. In, in this Just story. a couple of weeks ago, family friend, minutia, it's fucking basically. nuts. This is minutia in the big picture, but most of the people that use fentanyl are not the ones dying from it because they know how dangerous it is. Right. It's basically it's the things that are cut, and you know now you can't find real pills. You know, it, it there, there's press pills, so basically press pills are all everything is a counterfeit of the original, and they all have fentanyl in it. Um, I would say 90%, not all, but, uh, you know, so for the kid that thinks he's just taking a pain pill that his yeah. mom takes that, you know, that's in the bottle in the parents' house or the Xanax bar that they've taken before. Yeah. That's the shit that's killing everybody. You know what I mean? Wow. I don't get it. Now's a bad time to be doing drugs. It's, it's the crazy. I mean, this whole last run, I had these, uh, fentanyl test strips and I would literally anything I would get new, uh-huh. I would drop in a cup. First, you had to pee, pee on the um, pee on the substance to to activate it uh-huh. and then test it. But then you, you were able to use water in the end. Um, and I would test everything that I'd get before you used it. Absolutely. And you would find fentanyl, over even though I'm using fentanyl, right. I just don't want to take something else, you know. And I had some close calls. I, I had some I had two really close calls in this last one, but. I have she's just like a black hole inside of me. I can use like a lot. A lot. Yeah. So
0: <clears throat> Yeah, someone was telling me that there's some amounts of fentanyl like once you're once you're good to go and adapted, there's amounts that like you can take that won't affect not you personally, but that someone could take that wouldn't affect them that would kill someone else.
2: Hundred percent. I, I was definitely I had no idea where like that, that level you I could build a tolerance to it. Hundred percent. As you build tolerance I mean the big one of the biggest problems with my using is my tolerance. Um uh, we, we we have a test uh with the lab that is like a PGX test, a pharmacogenetic test. And you take cotton swab in the inside of your mouth and it tells you the type of uh medications you can and cannot take and what actually works for you. So I had done one and it, it was pretty uh enlightening that uh I've metabolized uh, opiates twice the normal average of any American. So that kind of Oh damn made me understand why it's such a tolerance. But um what ethnicity are you? Uh, I'm Italian and then Polish and 23me says I'm sub-Saharan African and Oscarzani Jew. So I I you know, I have no idea what I am. Wow. A black Jew Italian Polish. <laughs> yeah, but it said it, it said 23me didn't say I was Italian at all. So Oh, uh, yeah. I'm looking for a redo.
0: Oh shit, 23me said you're a black Jew.
2: Yeah, just that. It's a Jew with a giant cock. I was pretty let down. My boys have not let me let this down. So <laughs> so good.
0: My kids are half Ashkenazi and half Armenian. That also gets you a giant cock and a giant brain. It's, it's a good, they got
2: lucky. I was, I was thinking about letting my kids listen to this, but we've established this. is, this is all right. <laughs> right to DVD.
0: Um. Okay. So you, so then you, you, you're on this run and, um, sorry. You told me the date. What was it? July. You you got you got sober on July twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one. Yeah. Okay. And and when does so so you're 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 just completely just treating your body like shit. And do you stop training then too? Oh, you tra- you Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: And um and do you start putting on weight or lose weight or you get no, no, no. I lost a ton of weight, you know, um, when I was using, I mean, I pretty much pulled an all nighter all of 2020 and 21, I mean, it's <laughs> 24 hours, you know, two or three days, but I would always stay up, fall asleep for like a day. And then you stay back up for, you know, it was it, it, the it's sleep. crazy how good
0: you look. That must be
2: the black gene. That hit the black don't crack. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, you look great. You, you, I mean, you still look 38. I I had a little hospitalization. I got some, some rest. Not, not, you know, sleep too much in a hospital. But, um, yeah, I bounced back, you know, from this COVID. They said I'm like literally six months ahead of schedule. So,
0: okay. So, so, so July, what, what happens on, on July 21st, 2021 that makes you go to rehab the next day?
2: Um, Poof, it's that's a bad. Those are bad couple of days leading up to that. But um, that girl that I just told you passed away. I had gotten, tried to get her some help, got her under treatment, and then keep in mind I'm loaded at the time. But um, I got into a pretty bad altercation and uh-huh. um, physical. Yeah, and that led. Uh, police got called. I took off, and it, it just. I, I think honestly. It, it I, I felt it. I knew I, did, I had this impending doom going on.
0: Yeah, everything
2: yeah. was coming to a head. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest thing that the were you ever of-
0: running out of money or the businesses failing?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, it was it was a crime scene. It was an absolute crime scene. Nothing, nothing was working. Nothing. Okay. I'm could- getting stressed out listening to it. I want you to know, literally, it's it's like so
0: fucking stressful for well, me. Well, this to hear is that. this
2: is the thing. My escape. And this has happened to me on this last run and in the run I had years ago um, going into uh, jail. Um, My escape stopped working. I couldn't I couldn't get high. Yeah. You know, so I'm using all this meth and I'm just getting like the bad side effects from it. My tolerance is through the roof. I mean, I'm the guy that's literally shooting up meth, smoking meth, eating a sandwich. I'm the guy that literally smokes meth and takes a nap.
0: Yeah, the, no. I, I remember doing meth in college and it was like, hey, let's get naked and climb on the roof and have an yeah, order. Yeah, that
2: falls into that two-week period. That was a small window. Yeah. And the, yeah. yeah,
0: that and that's actually why I stopped too. After like, it, that was just like the first 30 days. And then I noticed that people were like doing it like not at night anymore. They were like doing it during the day and when they woke up and I was like, all right, I'm not hanging with these people anymore.
2: Yeah, that you're right. I, I used to use, there's times in my life where I'm like, I'm not going to do any drugs till nighttime. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. By the nighttime time, rule. I mean, yeah. I'm already so far gone.
0: Okay. And so, so, so you check yourself in and, and you know that there's this thing COVID out there when you check yourself in. Yeah. People are talking about it. Oh, yeah. It's 2021 at this point. I mean, we've been. Are you, you embarrassed? Know. Like, are you embarrassed? Like, that all your employees know that, like, the fucking king fucking I'm clean
2: fucking Yeah. You know what? That's what kept me away too was all that ego like not wanting to check in. Yeah. I mean, all that ego of, of not wanting anyone to know. And, you know, I mean, so many, listen, when everyone started fact checking, Oh, you know, I heard you hung out with Paul the other day. Oh, I heard you hung out with Paul. I haven't seen Paul in a year. Oh, that sure. when that shit started happening, I was like, Fine. I mean, every, like I said, wheels are coming off. I got no other options. Um, i have ever been in an altercation, not talking to family, got kids you know back at home it's just it's it's bad it's just bad um house got raided again i mean you you name it It, it's just all falling apart so i called i called my buddy and uh you know he showed up for me and uh obviously when he got there i had a whole new plan i'm like ah maybe we won't do this oh shit yeah three in the morning i'm like you know what yeah. I
0: don't know. Hey, I was out of my mind when I called you and told you yeah, I wanted I to go to the right space. I'm like, yes. I'm
2: Into the bathroom, but you know, and he he was he had been chasing me around for about a year, so I think uh, it just was time. And um, I ended up going in. So I put I put a fight up. I, I put a fight up for about six hours in the driveway. It was just continuously. He sat with nine one one and then Narcan in his hand, just waiting for me to go down. I wouldn't go down, so. Uh, but yeah, some was coming up and, and I finally walked in there. Super freeing experience. I, I, I must say at this point i caused so much wreckage. A lot of stuff I needed to address was already out there. Um, you know, I had a huge, uh, uh what did they say? Uh, I, don't know. I had a huge group of people that put all my business out there. So, I just was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna." Oh
0: mistake. no, shit! So there were people who were pissed at you and trying to bury you at that point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, did you know Sarah then? Yeah.
2: And she's a good friend. Yeah, I was, I was, I was out of my mind at that point. Do, but. do you have it? Do
0: Do people who do drugs have good friends?
2: Absolutely, they do. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, my parents have stuck by me through this. My ex. You know, she, she, she was always, uh, someone by my side and, um, I have friends like Sarah and, uh, my Del, but, um, my buddy Dell, but, um, I, I had this it. girl say it again. That's about it. I just named him, but yeah, I had like four or five friends that were, H- H-
0: how about the guy that got you into rehab? Are you still friends with him? The oh, yeah. Yeah, the-
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: i i had this i had this lady on the other day she's a remarkable human being she weighed like 500 pounds and she lost 200 pounds so now she's down to 300 her name is athena perez and one of the things i found fascinating about her story is her life's just full of assholes just i mean just fucking full of just shit bags and the only people who were cool was was the drug crowd she hung out with and you, can, and you know that just can't be long lived. But those people were the cool people. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. judge you. They're cool to you. Oh, they that's fucking, all they like, are. That's... The drug the drug crowd doesn't give a fuck. They're just good people. Like
2: black, <laughs> well, white. Like I don't like, know about like, good no one people. Gives a fuck. But we don't judge. You know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, you want to the next to me and shoot up? I don't give a fuck what you are. Come sit down.
2: Yeah, there's no judgment when you're running and gunning. You know what I mean?
0: Democrat, Republican, Nazi, just pull up a needle in a in a in a, in a couch.
2: Yep, that's it. Everyone kind of, everyone kind of commingles.
0: Yeah, and 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 she even said that. Yeah, that was the coolest. Those were the nicest people in in my life. To me,
1: those were the She's cool got a
0: powerful people. name. That's my mom's name, Athena Perez. Not Perez, Athena. Athena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Powerful <laughs> name. Yeah, Athena. Um. So so you go in, and when does this um? How, how long are you in there? And, and and walk me up to when this whole COVID thing. How much do you weigh when you go in there?
2: I'm about uh two hundred.
0: And and you're what Five, ten, five nine? five nine? And okay, so you're already you're big. That's a big deal. Yeah,
2: I've been, yeah. I mean, but I've always
0: I've always been this way. Pretty, pretty stocky. Okay. And um and you're not in and, and you're not you're not smoking like crazy at this point because you, you're into other drugs
2: you're not well, when you, i you just said when i went in right I when went you went. In the detox i'm smoking like crazy okay nicotine okay. A, the whole thing
0: okay nicotine launches and then and then wh- how long are you in there and when does your path first cross with covid when do you get covid
2: Um uh, so this july um i stay there about 45 40 days okay and then um, like till september october yeah okay and then uh, i'm gonna go stay with a buddy Okay. I go stay with my buddy Dell, okay. and then um, I'm with him for a couple months. And then, so basically that's, you know, September, start working and stuff, getting back into work. And then uh, first of the year I end up. Uh, so obviously new year's resolution, get back into jiu-jitsu. I'm training uh, twice a day. Oh shit. Okay. I'm liking yeah,
0: I'm, this. So, so now we're January, 2022.
2: Yeah. I'm training wow. twice a day. I mean, I was training. I was actually trained in December. Did you have the vaccine yet? No, no vaccine, no vaccine. Okay. No vaccine. So I'm training. In December. Why not trying to stay away from drugs? You know, <laughs> no, you, uh, I'll be honest. It's just because they told me I had to get it. Right. Fuck you. I ain't doing that. You know what I mean? If you're going to say I got to do it, I ain't doing it. Okay. Yeah, good. Just, uh, that's kind of, it's a good look when you're a kid, not a good look when you're, you know, 38 by the way. But, um, yeah. So training in December. So I train twice a day, first of the year. Uh-huh. And I'm feeling, I'm feeling real, like, I, I I remember I'm having these crazy sparring sessions, and I get in the park, I, like, leave the mat, class is over, get to my car, and I fall right asleep. So I fell asleep for, like, an hour. And then the next day, the same thing happens. But I'm feeling really sore. I'm like, yeah. I must be just sweating it out. This is, you know, this is how you feel when you train twice to do jiu-jitsu, you know. Yeah. You go home feeling pretty. Yep. And I'm at the office where I'm at now. And I'm talking to Sarah and I just sit here and I can't stop sweating. Just profusely sweating. And I'm like, fuck something's up, but I still go back to the gym and I train for three more days, twice a day.
0: Yeah. I think last week I was sweating like a pig too. I think I had COVID like so bad last week. Oh
2: God, dude, it was bad. And I'll, I'll explain what I learned. A lot of the sweating was from, but um, so then I go home. And I try to fight it from home. I'm like, all right, I'm man down, you know, night quill, day quill, fucking. That's
0: what I did. I, I put a bunch of um, of jackets and wool socks and I was, and,
2: but was you're that? still vaping like a mofo. Oh, disrespecting the vape, you know? Like not even breathing. Like you're at the point where you don't even. Yeah, I'm like, just breathing. I'm breathing smoke. Air, yeah, 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 air yeah, yeah. second. Air second. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I'm taking, I'm taking It's real people.
0: It's real. Those things are so crazy. Those things are, it's so. They real. allow
2: you to smoke everywhere. Yes. I, mean, look, I I'm and good. the my smoke buddy. is
0: so thick and it tastes so good and it billows and it's just.
2: Yeah. I, I, my buddy I was staying with, when I got a detox, he's like, I'm taking you to church. I'm like, oh, all right, I'm just going to go along. I'm the guy vaping in church. You know what awesome. I mean? Awesome. Yep. I, anywhere I can go. Anyway. Yep. So yeah, after, you know, beginning of January, train for about three days straight, two days, go down like a Mack truck. And um, so that night.
0: Mid-ja- Mid-January 2022.
2: Yeah. This is like January 5th. It was a couple days after my son's birthday. Okay. And, um, I got a one oh five point six temperature. Sounds good. no one even believes it. you know what I mean? So I call a couple of friends over
0: hold on I mean, timeout, timeout, yeah. sorry, Caleb, how bad's that one oh five point six
2: you're
1: You're verging on death, like brain death at that point.
2: Damn, yeah, they had asked me, uh, have I had any seizures and And this is the thing. I was freezing cold, yeah, yeah, so I mean, I'm red like a fucking strawberry. I got a jacket on. And um, I'm fighting this thing, a couple friends come by. They couldn't believe when they see the the thermometer. They bring their own thermometer, showing like I'm 105.1. Did you have to uh,
0: shelve the thermometer for no no no
2: no she did there? Um, (laughs) so then I called my friend who does my IVs and she's like, Oh, I got ivermectin. I'm like, just bring everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you hang out with quacks
0: like me who are like, Yeah, ivermectin cures all.
2: Well, the point is. I know a lot of people that have had COVID use ivermectin, but if you catch it at the beginning, and this yeah. is what my doctors had told me, they said, yeah, it could work. Problem was, is everything that you were saying, I had just beaten my body up for three years. I'm yeah. working out every day. I'm probably overtraining myself at that time. Yeah. Vaping like a madman. I, I just was the perfect host for COVID. You know? And, uh, and so and, and, and were you eating a lot of sugar? Oh, yeah, I'm a big, I got a sweet tooth.
0: Like, Do you, you drink literally.
2: soda? Do you drink soda pop? Uh, no, I drink it. If I do, it's either diet Coke or sparkling water, but I do okay. like sugar chocolate. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, um, at night and do you do it at night?
2: Oh okay. yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. And then, um, yeah. So try to fight it from the house and then I just keep getting worse. And this problem was, is I keep sweating profusely. Well, what I learned through the process is that was the pneumonia that I had. Oh, okay. so, um, same partner came to check on me. He comes down and uh, he's knocking at my door, and he's going to take me to go get the um, what's the IV for COVID? Uh,
0: I don't know, I don't know, but but some sort of like fluid they pump in. Yeah, you?
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the one that helped cure it, or you know, early signs. Of like COVID. a vitamin B drip?
0: No, C no, drip. no.
2: It was like the started with an M. Hold on, let's bring
0: in Caleb. right. Like start,
2: starts with an M, you said?
0: Yeah.
2: Monoclonal antibodies. My man. Damn, damn, Caleb's if I ever do a game show, Caleb, I need you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I go to do that, and the lady puts my finger in a little oxygen thing, and I guess my oxygen was at like 60, and she goes, you need to go right to the ER. You can't have this done. And I was like, okay. So I go back outside, tell my buddy, I'm like, she said, go to the ER. Boom. Head to the ER. And hey, were you when you breathe, were you gurgling or anything? No, no, no. So I was breathing very shallow, super, okay. super shallow. You know, and then um I get to the hospital, they run the test, um, immediately take me in. And I was at 60. I'd gotten all the way down to 40. Damn. And I mean, I was taking breaths like. And I I was hitting that nurse's button. I couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't stop sweating. Um, That when I got down to 40, I I had lost consciousness. Oh, And uh, so I woke up in the, you dropped
0: your vape out of your hand.
2: Yeah. I (laughs) lost the vape in that room. I did lose the vape in that room. And um, I had, uh, I woke up in the critical care unit. And um, my family was on the outside of the glass. And, I saw this, the, the doctor pacing, you know, and they only let two nurses in and the doctor's looking at me and um, you know, they came in, they gave me like 48 hours to live. They had done this chest X-ray and it's called whiteout. And um, it's basically, it's a chest X-ray. You couldn't see any of my ribs. So the amount of fluid scar tissue, all that buildup and um you know, everything that we saw over, you know, at this time, I guess the, you know, 18 months of, of, of the whole COVID. Yeah. So this is one thing that I learned. Exactly. That's the whiteout. And I actually had double lung pneumonia. So when people have pneumonia, the doctor had told me, typically pneumonia is one lung. I had pneumonia in both of my lungs. So uh, that's what made the case so serious. And Is that
0: uh, why those pictures look like that, Caleb?
1: Yeah, this so kind of like matching all, what he's saying. Yeah. So the one on the left is a, like a clear lung and the one on the right would be like a like one with pneumonia. It has <laughs> so much like just mucus and fluid and correct. It, it's it can't clear itself. Right? Hey, yep.
0: hey, look at that one. In the wait, go back to that. Look at that one in the middle uh, on the top. See that one in the middle on the top, oh, to the right a little bit, one more? Yeah, that one's got a cock in it. You see it? Foreign <laughs> <just> body, foreign <laughs> body. That one, that one has pneumonia and a cock in there. Okay.
2: So, yeah, so I had uh, the double lung pneumonia. You know, To be honest, uh, what I came, and I, I learned all this after a coma, um, was they were able to get rid of the COVID in, in about three weeks. What kept me hospitalized, what put me in the coma and on life support, was the pneumonia you know, having pneumonia in my both lungs.
0: So they tell you, do they tell you, you have 48 hours to live?
2: Yeah. And do you start The only way that I'm going to make it is the two things that you heard on the, on the news during this whole COVID craze was they needed to intubate and, you know, and and do the tracheotomy. So it was. were uh, you like, fuck you, that kills people. It's exactly what I said. Well, first I was like, well, where's the second opinion? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was completely, I I wanted, I think I wanted to shock. I became extremely nervous because I didn't want to get put to sleep. I didn't want to be traked, you know, and I just kept, kept saying that. And, um, you know, what I learned after the fact was I I find this extremely interesting was, uh, the doctor had gone to my parents and asked my parents, like, you know, does your son have any reason to live? My parents are like, what kind of question is that, you know? And they're like, well, is he depressed? So basically, you know, uh, I, I think really what was in my favor was my age. I was 38. And um, because they didn't basically him asking those questions was.
0: <laughs> That's a fucking crazy question. Is that science? <laughs> well, you
1: know
0: what it is? Is it's that part, called, of, it's quality, is that part of the CDC guidelines? One, I, don't, I don't take know their it's... temperature rectally. Two, ask them if they have a reason to live. What the fuck?
2: Well, basically, what came out of it was, if you were fifty years old and had my symptoms, they wouldn't have made the effort into saving. right? You weren't going to get trached. There was a gentleman that was next door to me, and basically, we had all the same symptoms. Um, that's why they say being overweight is a real big thing with COVID because if you carry a lot of visceral fat, your lungs don't have the chance to fully develop or, or grow. So that's why a lot properly. of yeah, exactly. So that that's was a crazy. huge issue with uh, with. With people being overweight with COVID, but, um,
0: yeah, I mean, he's got four kids. You jackass. Of course, yeah, that's that's what a my reason family said,
2: you know, he's got kids. He's got a reason. They're like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll go in and we'll do this procedure. I mean, they were looking for a reason to say no, like, you know,
0: actually, no, um, he doesn't have any reason. And, uh, actually he has
2: $3,000 in his account. Let him die. We want his money. Was that it's like crazy. a resources thing? Absolutely. Really okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I was in the whole quarantine unit. And, um, I mean I. I Every day, someone died, you know? And it just got in March, right about the tail end of my stay, it got so bad. Where you see those alarms going out, you see them running down the hall. People were, you know, it was some, one of the nurses said, you know, the gentleman just expired. I'm like, holy fuck.
0: Hey, why did they put on, you had a Band-Aid down here on your tummy too. Why did you have one down there when I saw That was you? for my
2: feeding tube. That was the G-tube.
0: So, so they ended up putting you, so you were in there for two days conscious and then they, and then they put you under.
2: Yeah. It was about five days conscious. And then I went under.
0: And how long did they keep you under 30 days? So for 30 days, you were just unconscious.
2: Yeah. It's been, that's probably been outside of what the COVID pneumonia did to my body. The actual psychosis of, um, I suffered from one of the worst cases of hospital delirium. Why? What's that? I don't even know what that is. So basically, uh, while you're in, uh, in a coma, um, you just have all these extremely morbid, but I mean, they were so vivid that when I came out, well, one, when (coughs) I came out of the coma, I couldn't talk because I got, you know, I've been trached. Right. Um, two, You know, my parents were by my bedside every day. And I mean, every single day. So hallucinations. um, You had hallucinations? Oh, my God. If I took a nap in the middle of the day. Yeah. When I woke up, I always thought I was at my house or my parents' house or someone else's house. I thought like the whole nursing staff got moved to the house. Um, Wow. Wow. I I kicked the nurse in the chest. I hit another one. So I woke up in like four point restraints. Um, But they were actually pretty cool about it because they knew it was the drugs. You know, they knew I wasn't like trying to.
1: Yeah. They know it's not personal. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. And what kind of, do you remember any of your hallucinations? Oh yeah. I remember all of them. I still think about them all the time. Oh,
0: like dreams that were so vivid, like it fucked with your brain. It's like when you're well, an asset, like you see, uh, you see had... native Americans
2: walking in your backyard. No, all no, no. Of it was all, all built around my parents, my family, my kid. I thought my whole family got murdered. So I'm looking at my parents and then, I mean, I'm so out to lunch, like so far gone that my family's even having a hard time telling me the truth. So this is like kind of now I'm like, all right, well, they haven't said this hasn't happened, you know? So then they just end up, uh, over medicating the absolute shit out of me. So it's like, this is where I start taking a decline in my health, but yeah, it's, um, it was, it's, it's bad. You know, it was really bad. Um,
0: I I had this. Uh, I knew this girl in college, and she would have these vivid bo- dreams that like her boyfriend was cheating on her. And I remember like that was the first time like I became aware of something like that. Like, and then she would struggle with the fact of not of like telling the difference between her dreams and what happened in reality. And I was like, "Fuck, that's intense." I've I've only had a handful of dreams
2: that vivid in life. Where well, was, everything like, that I had was something that actually happened to me. So one, keep in mind. It just got a hole in my throat, like right. a tube in there. right? So there was a huge basis of the delirium I'm having where I feel like I'm being choked.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know,
2: and I have it all wrapped up in some massive story that I'm fighting to stay alive, you know. Yeah. And then I thought I got stabbed. Well, the stabbing is what? It was the G-tube. So I'm wow. coming out of the coma and Ow. I'm trying to tell the nurse. I'm like, I've been stabbed, you know, I'm showing it. I don't even know what the fuck it looks like. Right, right. Yeah, right. because I can't move my head. I got this fucking thing, you know, and then not to get graphic, <coughs> graphic I, I thought my you know, I thought my shit got cut off, my dong, but I had a catheter in there. You know, it was everything that was actually happening. Well, to too
0: bad you didn't have like some great story that you were getting like a 17 day blow job for with that one. Dude, I got it was
2: so morbid and dark. There was no good. Yeah, there. I'm sorry. It was all super, super dark. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then you come out of that. after you have to pee? No okay good uh so because i've had you on a long time i peed before we got on You're a good dude uh so then you 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 five days in then at 30 days of coma and then what happens when you come out of coma are you better and like that you can go home no no why do they pull you out of coma
2: well, what was happening was, uh, I was able to sign power of attorney over to my mom while I was, was in there and my family was making a lot of the health. They were, I was hours being away from being put on dialysis. What happened was they gave me the contrast and then they had given me contrast again during the whole CT scan that started to shut down my kidneys. Kidneys started to fail. Liver started to fail. What's Heart contrast? Fail. What is that? What's that? Contrast what they give you to show, like when it goes through your veins, where the areas oh, are. It just okay. like
1: it lights up all the little veins and vessels in your yep. body when you like put it on
2: a scanner. And and, oh. and, and why was it shutting down? Because you've been in coma for so long, or because coma well, because they gave it to, me to me back to back. It was just the amounts was just too strong for my body. Because I wasn't allergic to it. The amount of what contrast. contrast? It's like an IV. They put
1: it in your veins yeah. and then it runs through your body. Correct. If you get too uh, much, it can
2: yeah, they gave me they had given me some and then they gave me some the next day to run another test. Kidneys start to fail. they're about to they hurt
0: back. you, so they hurt you the 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 thing that was supposed to let them like see your check your health actually fucking almost killed you.
2: Well, I mean, you know to be fair, I think to the whole situation, these guys were doing whatever they could to okay. figure it out, you know, all because right. I, I they, I'm in a coma. You
0: better I, defend him. I'm always
1: looking for a reason to hate
2: it. You know,
0: I'm
1: getting worse. You know I, mean, I mean, it's also like a history of like just what you've put into your body too. So if you have, I mean, if you're putting a shitload of stuff in your body, your kidneys have to filter all that out. So just past conditions isn't going to help either.
2: I mean, you guys got to remember three years of smoking mouth, smoking crack heroin. I mean, I'm holding smoke in. I'm not not even breathing it out. I'm doing all this shit I shouldn't supposed to be doing. It was a recipe for you know okay. a nightmare, but yeah. So they give me the contrast; it's shutting down the kidneys. My liver started to fail, heart started to fail. I had a grand mal seizure while I was in there. Um, you know, it was just uh, every day was something new was popping up, and you know, at this point, it's just a battle for my life. You know, COVID now is an afterthought.
0: So, so after thirty days, they bring you out, and 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 are you just fucked
2: up? You're not any better. Oh. Can't talk, don't remember too much, don't even know. I, I thought, what was it? I thought it was two thousand. And you
0: lived some Freddy Krueger
2: thirty day nightmare too. Yeah, I thought it was two thousand and six. Oh fuck! I thought a fucking Bill Clinton or Obama was in office. I had no. Oh, idea. that's the worst. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on, and then you know they just they keep you comfortable. Remember, doctors Street symptoms. You know, so they just kept, You know, Paul's talking too crazy. Light him up. So, and so the
0: next, and you spent another 50 days in there after that on and on and coming in and out of consciousness.
2: Yeah. The, um, I would say the next month was real bad, you know, in and out of consciousness. You think that's the longest you've ever gone without ejaculating? No. Oh, that's a long jail, journey. jail. You know what I mean? 80 Jail's
1: days. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy's like, I'm
2: celibate. I'm like, I've had three years of celibacy before. You know what I mean? Wow wow
0: um i would spontaneously
2: fucking combust i was just happy that i actually had a dong i thought i got cut, cut off in the whole process so
0: i i yeah i agree with that too yeah it's a it's that being I, it's funny i thought about that too because you know like when you're like really sick for a week that thing will just shrivel up and be like hey don't pay any attention to me but you were sick for fucking 80 days it was probably like it probably had like a stick with one of those red things on it and thinking about just running away from home Oh, just <laughs>
2: that was a description.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when the when the kid runs away from home, he's got
2: stick the stick with a little You look down at your
0: dick, and he's like, "I'm out of here. You don't need me anymore."
2: You know, I, I gotta say that whole hospital experience was just from them trying to help me do everything. And fuck, I mean, I'm I'm pretty pretty alpha. The, you know, they're helping you go in the bathroom. I'm like, get the fuck away from me! Like I, you know, but I had I, I had to learn how to walk again. Okay. I had to learn how to talk. I mean, I had to learn how to write. I had a fucking lobster claw for a hand for a little bit. Couldn't even hold a pen. That's from the you vaccine. Know, That's from whiteboard. the vaccine. Yeah, my parents got me. Well, I'll tell you about that. My parents got me the whiteboard. I couldn't even write. Dude, it, it, it was oh, it was brutal. Brutal.
0: Hey, so so as you're getting close to your release, what makes them think they can release you? Is there a point in there where they're like, oh shit, this motherfucker's going to live?
2: Yeah, there was, um, I'd say going into... Going into March, like you know, right, right at the beginning, I, I started having some leaps in bad. They were talking about me having the trait permanently. And then all of a sudden I was able to wean myself on oxygen from ten to eight. And then, you know, four days later, eight to six. So these these things were, were and, big, and big, they big and big. they put an oximeter on you and they see, Oh, he doesn't need as much. He's doing good. Correct. I had one on me the whole time. Worst thing, you guys, one of the worst things. We're talking like eighty-four days without a shower. Oh, they didn't even bed bath you. Okay, that bed bathing thing, I want taken to take the CDC. Yeah. they're just moving <laughs> shit around. Yeah, oh for I sure. Was, I, was, I over was a sure dish of bacteria. Yeah, like, they're like time <laughs> for your <laughs> time for your sponge bath, and I'm like, you guys are just fucking.
0: <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, did, did, is there ever like a priest or anyone who comes in or like a fucking yes. guy from the to the temple? Like they said, the Jew with the doilies comes in is like, adios mofo.
2: You well, had that? Okay. So there's a crazy part of the story. So my parents were bedside. I'm in the coma. I think maybe I'd just been out. No, I mean, it was under. My parents went to, you know, they're there all day. They go to get oh, something to eat. They come back and there's a priest in my room and I'm not there.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, my mom, shit. My mom oh shit. My mom collapses.
2: My mom collapses. And uh, and this is all you know. Stories from her. Turns out this priest though is uh, this guy John. He's end up. He's a sober guy himself. Yeah. So me and this dude just hit it off. But um, yeah. You see a priest in the hospital. It's it's not a good look. Where were you? Where were you? They I was just... at Hope. Newport Beach. No, no, no. But when oh, they where came they in the me to? Yeah. Another critical care unit. Oh, There's okay, okay. Unit. Yeah. Okay. But they didn't give the
0: heads up. Fuck, and 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 was what was he there? Why was he there?
2: Yeah, through through the process of being sober, he became a chaplain, and that was kind of his little. And he knew you track. were there, so he came in to check you out. Yeah, it was it was solid, dude. Just a real. I mean, the guy looked like a priest, but then he'd sit there and talk to me about smoking fentanyl and banging hookers. I was like, man, this is, this is the
0: man. Hey, uh, God knows everything. <laughs> um, uh there should be a rule about that. Which part? Just like going, if you're a priest, like you can't wear your shit in the, in the hospital, like it just scares people, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean? You might as well give him a fucking sickle and horns. It's you should be thing. in
2: regular clothes. I, yes. You know, you just gave me the idea. Yes. You should be in tearaways, like like the Lakers when they come out, <laughs> yeah. and have his little chaplain <laughs> suit under it. You know what I mean? But I want him in regular clothes. Yeah. yeah. And then he could tear away and and get his prey on.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: The button down pants. There you go.
0: Oh, that would be so good. The Michael Jordan print uh, priest tear away. Just
2: walking around in warm-ups, and then someone's going to expire. Then it gets te- tear <coughs> up. <The whole> neck <laughs> thing on. I think I
0: just coughed up a chunk of pneumonia. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so then you start to get better, and at some point they're like, yo, get the fuck out?
2: Yeah. Well, one, I mean, I had racked up, you know, about a $1.6 million COVID tab
0: wow oh
2: yeah you yeah. saw that on
0: a piece of paper your hospital
2: bill oh you know what the one beautiful part about the the healthcare system is they don't they don't let you forget you know wow registration would come by and they'd be like all right paul we need you to sign this and take what insurance did you have um so i had no insurance going in and then i had uh got um cal optima and cal oh. optima was the right one for for that hospital
0: Oh, very interesting. So you this was in the United States of America, and you yeah, went in there like and you I didn't have insurance. Stuff. And no, 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 no. <laughs> just these fucking douchebags in the fucking comments on YouTube. I try to explain to them about the United States. They save motherfuckers here. This is Like all you people who think you live in Canada or Europe and your shit's free. First of all, your shit's not free. Second of all, your shit's, all, your shit's all fucked up, and they give you the illusion that it's free. I'm telling you, motherfuckers can go into hospitals and get fixed here. Oh, 100%. And and what's not Obamacare, that's actually what made poor people have to pay. You jerk-offs trying to tell me in the comments, oh, you don't know. That's just emergency room shit. Hey, I can't believe – it's even better than I thought. You were able to get insurance while you were dying? That's fucking – this country, I love fucking America.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a loophole. (laughs) I don't even know if I should be saying this, but you can go into the ER right now. Uh Go to the ER, and then you qualify Uh for insurance thank you thank no you
0: problem. i i i'm not it. I'm every just, day. it's just these tools try to argue with me in the youtube comments like they know i'm a cardiac uh cardiologist pediatric cardiologist i don't know what you're talking about of course you don't know what i'm talking about You're fucking oncologist has been barking up the wrong tree for 30 years you fucking knucklehead by most, the way thank you most for, physicians are terrible businessmen you know, thank you for also trying to help children i don't mean to shit on you <laughs> I mean, but i do you read, read, uh, tra- tra- Travis Christofferson's, uh, tripping over the truth. If you're a doctor, uh, in oncologist or cardiologist or any of that shit. Okay. Uh, okay. Where am I with my COVID? Okay. So, so f- fascinating. So, so, so you get out of the, uh, so, so they, well, they One t- thing that
2: you touched on that yes, please. Uh, I haven't explained was, uh, they had my, so I have basically a specialist at this time for everything. Pulmonary uh-huh. cardiologist, infectious disease. I mean, you name it. And they're all like, you need to get vaccinated. And I'm like, oh, fuck. But at this point, I mean, these people have checked on me every day. I'm like, let's run it, you know? Yeah, I yeah. Yes, you go know about grab it. it. Yes, I don't want to yes, think about yes, it. Yes, they yes. hit me with the Moderna. Yeah, and I hope my brakes don't get cut after I say this. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, this why,
0: There's Southern California is the hive of quackadoodles. If you don't know, like all the shit I talk about, Canada, Europe, Australia, I'm telling you the craziest motherfuckers ever in Southern California, except for a couple sweet spots. And one of them is Newport, California. But other than that, it's fucking zombie land. It's complete. I'm afraid of my own shadow world.
2: Planet of the apes.
0: Yeah, it's just Planet Pussyville. Apes. It's crazy. But yeah, Crazy Town Banana Pants. Thank you, Mr. Wayne. Thank you. But but he does live in this place where it's kind of like this this like haven of like, okay, people who work out and take personal accountability and they're not scared to death
2: of their own shadow. Okay, sorry. Go on. So the yeah, I just made when I'm about to explain this Moderna, I think of Michael Clayton in that movie. <laughs>
0: I haven't, I haven't seen that. Is it good? Oh, bro? Okay.
2: Yeah, it. It, 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 it's, it's it's a good one. George Clooney's in it. Basically okay. he's trying to expose and then the, the, the big companies hire guys to cut the brakes and whack them. So, Oh, okay. But I die okay. in the next couple of days, we know Moderna, but anyways. Um, yeah, so I got that vaccine and I got so fucking sick. I mean, for the next 48 hours, um, it got so bad that I couldn't hold anything to drink. I had the Can you worst. imagine
0: the negligence of giving someone that in your situation? I mean, it is fucking negligence. That's, that's like, you don't give someone the vaccine when they're fucking dealing with a fucking well, massive. This, this
2: was the, I don't want to say controversy, but this is what, you know, we're trying to figure out one. My body's been through fucking hell. You know what I mean? They're saying if I, if, you know, if I get the flu, this could be not good for me.
0: Did anyone but tell they, you not to eat sugar?
2: No, no fascinating but your i know. first
0: line of defense does not work if you eat sugar that's it I, I'm, I'm saying it and so and so if you want nk cells and t cells and your natural immunity to do their job you have to stop eating sugar they, they can't do their job for two reasons your leptin receptors get all fucked up and that's in it and uh in, in your fucking bloodstream's a traffic jam with insulin and fucking leptin and anyone can go fucking look that up anyway sorry go on they need to i just can't believe they tell you that no one tells you you have to stop eating sugar in the hospital Fucking nuts. Uh,
2: and honestly, No I, one
0: says it anywhere, anyway. No one says yeah, it anywhere. You gotta go on YouTube and hear a twelve
2: year old. What say that again? The amount of juice they provide oh. you. because with the trach, you guys gotta remember I had a drink like this like glycolic stuff that it was a swallow test. So yeah. they started me on like baby food diet. And I was I, on my, I
0: give my wife that test all the time, by the way. Sevon,
2: sevon, sevon. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for the shoe to come right out of the side of the screen right now. I'm popping. Fuck. Okay, um, so yeah, I can't so believe you said food. that about
0: my wife. I can't believe you said about my wife, Paul. I thought we were friends.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was liquid, then baby food, then soft. These are just all pureed foods, and um, yeah, yeah. The
0: so. worst, the worst thing for you, by the way, like if you're not like juice is the absolute. I mean, they might as well have just put fucking uh, Coke and a fucking cotton candy in your hand. It's fucking nuts. Okay. Coke, so then they soda, give you Okay. Uh, either. <laughs> I think cocaine might have been better than Coca-Cola for your situation. Hello. So, so they give you the Moderna and you're fucked up for two days.
2: Just wrecked. I mean, I can't stop shaking. I think I'm going through, I'm not lying to you, 50 towels a day, just sweating profusely through them. And they're just, the nurses like, it's going to pass. It's going to pass, you know, cause everyone said the two to five days, the people that had been affected by the the vaccine. And then, um, it was, it was the fourth day. I was like, Oh my God, to this day. I mean, I still have like, I you know, wash my body. I'm, I'm numb in the shoulder from it, but, um, yeah, I've been, oh, so you had some,
0: day. you had some neurological shit occur.
2: Oh, hundred percent still. So, and I mean, you know, I understand that it affects everyone different, but, I mean, they had me. So they basically said, if I was around anyone and I got COVID again, it, it wouldn't be in my favor. So I was like, "Fuck it, let's do it." And, which was confusing. Do I have the antibodies now to fight it? Because I had Delta and I had Omicron. I had two types of COVID. Oh, lucky you! You know, but like I said, they were able to. At the that.
0: same time, in there, like they 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 yeah, gave so you a Pap smear, form. and you had both of them. <laughs> Crazy. I, I know I know medical so lingo. I know <laughs> medical lingo.
2: Yeah, I passed on the pap smear, but I did come back for those two. And I didn't then, even um, I didn't even know you could have both at the same time. Yeah, I had two forms. Fucking threesome. Check the viral yeah, can check the viral count. It's uh but now I just, you know, anybody that's sick, my kids are sick, anything, I just keep my <laughs> distance, you know.
0: So you get out of the hospital and you are like, "Holy shit, I am going to get a second chance at this."
2: Get out of the hospital. I go to stay with the family, um, and um, you know it takes me ten minutes to walk. You know, four feet. Um, I had more tape and plastic on my body because covering the G tube in my neck. Trying to shower in the in the in the shower with the oxygen, and I am on full oxygen twenty four seven. So I have not been off. I am at at home on oxygen twenty four seven. Not Just anymore. No, no, no! I recently oh. just got off. Recently. Hey, um,
0: so so you're 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 back in AA. Uh, are you like? I know one of the steps, like you gotta like uh, like go say sorry to people. Are there people now? You're like, dude. Do you know that me. from Seinfeld? No, my sister did that.
2: Oh, okay, <laughs> just my that's the one that. step everybody knows. Step nine. Everyone's like, yep. all right. No, no, you're but you know what's
0: to funny say. too is my sister came. I was I was away at college, and she came to do amends to me. And then like five years later, I was like, Hey, how come you never did amends to me? You know, just like busting her chops and oh, shit. She's cool shit. And she's like, What are you talking about? I came in, <laughs> I came to the, your school and I hung out with you for a week. That's it? I'm like, Well, you never just like walked up and sat me down like and was like, Yo, I'm fucking sorry. She's like, No, it's not like that. Well, you
2: know? hey. Yeah. Is your sis watching?
0: Maybe. Yeah. She well, she's my best. She's like one of she my sister believes in me so much. She's like my biggest supporter. Her and my mom, All my right, wife. Like to say All right. Yeah, she's great. She's just, she's twenty years sober, twenty five or something. She takes that shit seriously. Okay, a heart attack. Right there. Yeah. yeah, her. I think her drug was mostly alcohol. She started a lot of bar fights. She was hot.
2: Listen, I mean, she's still pretty. She's like old so, and pretty still. Alcohol's super super dangerous because you're at such a high risk of seizure. Al- alcohol? Oh yeah, alcohol. is is Super. Oh dangerous. oh. Dude, listen, oh. as any opiate addict. Okay. Yeah. You know, you've seen Pineapple Express or anything? But like. You feel like you're going to die. You yeah. think you're going to die. Yeah. But you're not going to die. But you don't, you know, you're, you're, you, everyone around you is believing what you're selling. Alcohol, yeah, you could seize out and just not, not, you know, have stroke or heart attack. That and benzos are the most dangerous to come off of. What are benzos? Like Xanax, Valium, Klonopin. So uh, Jordan Peterson was on. Yeah. I, used yeah, to I, run a home for, I call women those women. the 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 housewife cocktail. You know what I mean? Some some Xanax, you know, some Adderall. That's that's what the housewife's like. I never have done Adderall. You seem like you would have.
0: <laughs> what are you laughing at, Caleb?
2: Constantly wired. <laughs> You're an intense dude. You know what I mean?
0: I I, I used to run a home for developmentally disabled adults, <clears throat> and I think we used to give them cl- clonopin. Is it, is that like supposed to knock you out? Yeah,
2: clapping. It will.
0: Yeah, I think we called it a like a prescribe. It was called a PN or a PR prescribe. Is yeah, that's that's yeah, that's Like if they were being violent. Yeah. Oh, I sometimes I sometimes I would, sometimes wait, I would pop, so, like, not very often, but sometimes I'd pop them just like just to
2: you know just to see what they're what it was like. Wait, you'd pop the pills or pop the clients? No, pop the pills. No, I, never I was going to clients. say. Well, this is taking clients care. were. Awesome. I can see myself in front of the grand jury. Did he <laughs> ask you? No. I was so good to those people. Fucking man. Oh, I got a wild story about tell that. Tell me, tell me. So my good buddy that I met in, in rehab back in 2010, he worked with that demographic, dis- disabled, uh, uh-huh. adolescent.
0: Met- and, mentally, uh, mentally disabled?
2: Yeah. Like autism and not sure. Autism and Yeah, yeah. So yep. he was working for this place out in like Covina. And um, <sighs> he ended up relapsing. And then one day he calls me, frantic, Paul. I need your help i need your help he's like i got myself in a jam and i'm like jake where are you at and he's like i'm downtown la he's like hold on and then you just hear him like holding the phone he's like shut the fuck up shut the-. i'm gonna like, go who are you yelling at he's like i'm trying to pick up he had taken the entire house of kids down to skid row oh to get drugs he's got the kids in the car yeah. one wants to eat yeah, yeah, Louis, yeah. Louie was his guy. Louie had like the retard strength, and Louie was about to lose his shit on him. He's yes. like, Louis, if I come <laughs> back there, Louie's about to open the door, go on the run. I'm I'm at a loss. I've been involved in some shady stuff. Um, yeah, You took all the kids to Skid Row? He's like, the guy won't give it to me. I don't have exact change. Can you come down here? I'm like, Jake, you got to get out of there, bro. So yeah, my homeboy took the whole house of kids down to Skid Row to score.
0: And the yellow bus. Wow, that's hardcore. Hey, addiction's real. Oh, testify. Yeah. Um, every every person who ever smoked the jewel has just like a drawer full of like um, empty cartridges. Just in case you're ever in a pinch, you can just start plugging in fucking empty cartridges, like hoping to get a hit. What's the
2: worst thing ever is you're smoking those things, you're stuck in traffic, and it starts flashing. Battery's dead. Or dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm on full suicide watch. I just oh. open the car door and roll out.
0: I would... When I would – and I only fucked with it for a couple months, but it, but it, it, traveling, like if I was going somewhere, I'd have to have like cartridge oh, for
2: every day. Don't make the th- mistake of hitting the vape on an airplane.
0: Why? would happen? Having
2: pressure? Oh. It shoots the oil right out. Oh, wow. Oh, I did that. Yeah. All of a sudden, you take the rip and all the oil's squirting in your mouth and <sighs> –
0: You'd die from a fucking massive dose of nicotine. If you swallowed one of those cartridges or if you bit it open and that nicotine went in you, I think you'd have a fucking heart attack.
2: Well, most of these vapes, and yeah. I've seen it firsthand, this stuff's being made in someone's bathtub. They're using a broomstick to stir it.
0: Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? You know, uh, when my dad first came to this country, he worked in one of those. Uh, he came from Lebanon, and he was a young man, like 20, and he worked in one of these factories where they – uh they make spices right so there's this big fucking huge vat and you stand on top of it with a wooden stick and like they're just grinding up cayenne pepper or something right and then it goes into you know the bottles and my dad would tell me like a sh- his shoe would fall off or st- he dropped the stick in there <laughs> and it would just get ground up and yeah oh, you know, someone's goodness. buying us fucking spices at, at uh at Safeway <laughs>
2: it's got my dad's shoe in there I know I'm gonna next time I look at someone I'm gonna be like what the fuck
0: holy cow um so what day was it that you got out of the hospital do you know
2: Mm, um i think march 12th god that's not that long ago yeah and And you don't sleep in there i mean they're they're pulling blood from you middle of the night you're asleep every two (laughs) hours blood pressure check the trach you know so it's like People I'm moaning, really people
0: coming, people going, people dying. Mobile
2: X-ray, boom, come in. You know, the virus monitors beeping every oh, like, it's fucking crazy, dude. So I mean, I came out of there just weeded tired, but you know, went to my parents' house, was able to sleep, and I did exactly. You know, this this was one of the first times in my adult life that I actually did everything I was directed to do. They said, you know, you go home, don't get back on the phone, don't start working, take two weeks to yourself. I took two weeks to myself. You know, I started doing the little walks, you know, to the front door, to the bathroom. Then the physical therapist came and walk. you know, around the building. I, I was just doing everything I can to get better. And I started to get uh, better quickly.
0: Look look in the comments at these two guys. There's a guy who's always in the comments. His name is Dick Butter. And then there's this other guy. His name is Richard. She's Munch. a step
1: skipper. <laughs> what I, what does that mean? Uh, oh, As, oh, uh, oh,
0: yeah. And then there's this other guy named Richard Margin. So it's a play on Dick Butter. So this guy, his name is Dick Butter, and this guy's name is Richard Margarine. And they're dude, dudes who are in the comments. And I just can't – I always thought it was the same dude, but now I'm seeing them, like, talking to each other, and I'm thinking maybe it's not.
2: Uh, you got so a little hey, to make a we, a we got a duo here.
0: Hey, did anything ever exciting happen when you were in the hospital, like a nurse came by and been, it was like, hey, I know you're going to die, Paul, so I'm going to show you a set of tits for the last time and, like, show you a set of titties oh, or something? I
2: wish. There was some – fucking gorgeous nurses
0: nothing that. like that no 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 like no god no benevolence no just fucking no, random just, acts of kindness i'm going like, get
2: the fuck away.
0: God. <laughs> i wish you had at least one story like that like have you ever heard mike tyson talk about when he's in prison and like he would fuck his psychiatrist
2: yeah i, I know that stuff happens i mean my buddy did 23 years in lockup you know wow that's 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 a story i mean that is whew was he guilty? What did he did? He do something wrong? I mean, it's not not too many people in there are innocent. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Well, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: uh so you get out of there in March,
0: and it's March, a- a- April, May, June. You yeah. this is this is just like you're almost dead a few months ago.
2: Correct. Now you're on the. I was podcast. supposed to be like getting back on my feet in like August, September
0: man. And, Jesus. and, and when you got on, when you did the, the blood work with California ho- hormones, was, w- was there any talk about how it would affect your, your, your past? Yeah, well, because,
2: you know, the one thing I did is I took it to all my doctors, took it to my primary pulmonary. I said, you know, they asked me, well, why don't we wait a month? You know what I mean? Like there's other things we're worried about right now. Let's not, you know, understand you, you probably feel like shit, but let's, let's get these other things under wraps. So I did that and circled back <laughs> I showed them the labs, and in my primer was like, "Man, that's that's a really low test level." I was like, "Thanks, doc. You know, appreciate it." Um, how, how do you feel? How did you before you did this? How do you feel like going up a flight of stairs? Prior to testosterone, or prior yeah, to prior like,
0: to testosterone,
2: like three weeks ago, how were you going up a flight of stairs? I got to be honest, I don't go up too many stairs. Right? Do Just you ever get
0: winded? That. Do you ever get winded, or you you feel like a normal man? No, 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 no,
2: no. I get winded. I get winded. Yeah, I get winded.
1: Like those short walks to the door are difficult still?
2: A little bit? um no, like carrying the laundry basket, carrying shit, you know what I mean? Like
0: okay, so that's yeah, they basically said the
2: whole- like the last x-ray I had, I still showed scar tissue. So they said it's gonna be, you know, just be patient. The rest of the year is gonna be a little bit tough, but yeah, we'll grind it down. Damn. Well it gave I- me this whole experience has given me an absolute just a new lease on life. You know what
1: I mean? Basically, no, I can't, I can't
0: even imagine. Yeah. It's ba- it is, it is a Say that again, Caleb. Sorry.
1: I said, you're basically starting from zero. Like you're like babies. Like you're literally a baby at this point, a 38 right. year old baby. That's yeah. it's crazy. Like you have to learn how to walk. You have to learn how to speak. Like your lungs have to develop again. I know you're saying
2: this from a medical standpoint, but if, if, if you had spoken to some of my exes or your family, you know, call me a baby, I'd be like, all right, I do it. No, but you're right. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I mean um, I was, I was just with everything. So I think um, just being, slowing down the process, being okay with everything. And just uh, even though I feel like I can do more, um, you know, I used to push myself so I'd have a, a mobile oxygen tank and I would push <laughs> the walk a little bit further and you start seeing the stars. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go out, you know? And my oxygen, I had those pulse oxometer on. My oxygen would go, you know, you want to be between, someone for me wants to be above 88. You want to be at like 92 to 95. Really you want to be close to 100 or 100. But um, I would desat from this. I would drop like into the 70s, even lower. From what? From what? from your little walks. From the yeah, from from the walks. So I, I, I would desat real, i drop like 30 points. But my recovery was like 30 seconds stop just breathe you didn't need to sit down just breathe <laughs> and it would fly back up that was the first sign where i was like the doctor's like okay this is a really really good sign
1: are you still on like a nasal cannula
2: or is i it- have one i'll be honest with you so i still have the machine at my house i turn it on every night because i like the white noise yeah, yeah. but i don't i don't use the oxygen anymore but, yeah. yeah
1: like but like when you're walking and stuff do you use it
2: no no, no i'm fully off oxygen that's incredible yeah, I, I, I titrated myself down all the way to 10, all the way down to, and then um, then I started using it sparingly throughout the day, <coughs> uh, and then I would wear it at night, and then I just recently kicked it off at night.
0: How, um, do you have an Apple Watch?
2: And do you use the oximeter on it? Yeah. It's about two points off of a real Pulse Lux. It's low? Uh, two points low. So it always says like 98 for you? Well, that's assuming that I'm 100, Savan. I'm not. No, you're – oh, you're not. <laughs> no. Is your baseline going to be significantly lower now? I, I so hover 95, you. you know. 95 okay. is like my number. No shit. Yeah.
1: Which hey. is still normal.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's still in the rain. I mean, my my pops one day is – he goes out, has some wine with my mom. We come back. The guy's 75 years old, used to do Ironman triathlon. He's pumping in at a hundred. I'm sitting here fucking about to drop, but yeah, I'll I'll work out fucking
0: like I'm on my deathbed, and I'll hit it, and it'll be ninety eight. Beast. But you it's always ninety eight. Well, that's why I asked you as me. much crack as me. You know what I mean? That's no, what I'm going with. So. I never smoked any crack. I never.
2: Don't I'm kidding.
0: That. Um. Yeah. It's fascinating. I, I, I'm so curious how this TRT thing is going to work out for you.
2: I've had, I've had good success with it in the past. I wonder if it's just going to be just like amazing for you. Well, being at, you know, 163, like an 80 year old man and, um, the range we're looking to achieve with this, we'll do another blood draw here in about three weeks. Um, we'll be nine to 1200.
0: Okay. So that, so, okay. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Hey, could I, could we what? have you on on, on uh, July thirteenth then? I got nothing going on. Let's go. All right. Hey, um, when you wake up in the morning, what do
2: you I look cry. for? Uh, do you? No, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: like like I wake up in the morning and there's some stuff that I really like doing. Like I like turning on the coffee machine. I like looking at my boy. Yeah, I'm a big
2: ritual guy. Yep.
0: Um, do you like, when you wake up, are you like, are you excited to wake up? Are you like, yeah, yeah I, I am gonna now get coffee. I'm going to see my kids. I'm going to like,
2: well, you know, I mean, since we're in, in the, in the tree with the nest, uh, they had put me on antidepressants uh-huh. when I was in the hospital. And um, I think I finally came to terms with, you know, I've been kind of chemically imbalanced. My whole family thinks I'm bipolar, oh. but um, yeah, they, it's, it's, they've been, they've helped me tremendously. So that impending doom, that, Drive to just not be able to get out of bed or get started or just be that indecisiveness has handcuffed me, and I, I, I don't have that anymore. So, um, I'm up in the morning, I walk to go get coffee.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Where yeah, do you walk, go?
2: There. Get Starbucks uh, or something? No, Newport Coffee Roasters. So, when you were down there, hook a left, go all the way down to the pier. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. no, shit there. Yeah. That's your hood. That's my hood. Wow.
2: So just walk down the boardwalk, get coffee. I'll let the pier a little quick meditation and then uh, go back into the crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you got good friends. Yeah. I know that's a lot fun. of people, but you know, you get a handful of friends at the end of the day, if we can count on. Yeah.
0: Shit. Well, congratulations. What Thank a you. fucking story. Thanks for sharing it. What a fucking story.
2: That is incredible. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks. So long
0: only 38.
2: God, it's so good life. to
0: have that under your, under your belt.
2: Like, yeah. okay, check, did that. Yeah, it was, it was an experience, but again, yeah, the, will you ever relapse? Well, I mean, history has shown, I have a bunch of times, but I'm in, I'm in, listen, I've done all the control things. It's always been the drug. It's always been the drink. Now it's me. You know, what I mean, I can't, I can't do these things anymore, you know, because I know where it ends up. So um I'm just do you ever out. not do it? Like I would never
0: smoke a vape again because quitting was so hard. Or like I would never put a chew in my mouth because quitting was so hard. Like I think about that and I'm like, oh god, that was fucking Yeah, that hard. keeps you sober for a while. That will yeah, keep you okay. sober.
2: The detox will keep you sober for a while. But that <laughs> but you need more sober. than that. Yeah, I okay. need a lot more than that. Yeah. You know. I pulled the pin on the grenade on my entire life and uh to do that rebuild has uh, has been tough, you know.
0: I, I thought you rel- I very thought very- you relapsed when when we had to reschedule. I heard the, I heard the the podcast on the like the third or fourth time. I was like, this. Oh, there, was, there like, was
2: three reschedules. There was no fourth. So the eighth right
0: reschedule,
2: <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Sarah's like, Savon thinks you're loaded. I was like,
0: what the fuck. That I'm was like, my this boy. guy, this fucking guy relapsed. Oh
2: shit. Listen, if I relapse, I'm the closest thing to Jason Bourne. I am. Gone. I am (laughs) off. You can't fucking find me. I'm dumping cell phones. Yeah, the whole thing.
0: Blessings, Paul. Thanks, Ken. Good luck to you. God, I hope not. Stay good, Paul. You deserve better now. Appreciate it, brother. I wish you well. Love your kids comes first. Your kids comes first. Tommy, appreciate you. Much better than talking with the fighters. That's real. Shut it. I well, UFC. had do UFC up. fighter on this morning. He was so cool. Who'd you have? Uh, Jordan Levitt. He's fighting Patty. Uh, do you know Jordan? He used to fight in SoCal. He used to train down there. The Monkey. Camp. I
2: have. So I lucked out. My my group of friends. I grew up with. I I had like five friends in UFC. Uh uh-huh. at, at, at one time, but um, yeah. Now I'm very familiar with those guys in the sport. I will partially agree with that gentleman's statement. I <laughs> one thing I hate the most about UFC. Is interviewing fighters right after they fought. They're punch drunk. Yeah. I, I mean, just my oh. interviews.
0: Are, I, I, so as much as that guy's right, I have to say it, it, the interview with you is a thousand times better, but, but just because of your story. But th- when I interview the fighters, it's not like these fucking idiots who interview them. Like all the guys who it, I don't ask them their strategy in the same fucking 20 oh, questions all, they've oh, heard yeah. over and over. I ask them if they've ever smelled asshole when they're in, uh, what's that called? North South north south
2: <laughs> and they
0: love talking about that
2: fact that i knew that so quickly is kind of sad. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah all right brother uh we will uh, great to have you be a part of the show i really um am excited to talk to you
2: you know once yeah, i'll a month. check in with you guys once uh, a month for the next closely. year yeah, yeah and then we'll do july or you know any updates on uh how everything's going bitching all right dude care, you guys
0: Thanks, Thank Paul. you. Have, have a good night. You know, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm coming down there in August for two weeks. I hope to hang too. You'll see a lot of me. Okay, bitchin'.
2: Later, guys. Be safe. All right. Bye. bye.
0: <coughs> How long have you been holding that in? No, I've been... I've been I, I couldn't even breathe through my nose anymore, so I just started doing all the gross shit. Oh, excuse me, guys. Sorry. So disgusting i mean not for me i like the taste of it but for you guys i really Uh, like him did i say bitchin i really like him
1: you always say bitchin
0: i do bitchin yeah
1: it's like your thing
0: um i i I, did you like him
1: yeah absolutely that was incredible
0: yeah i'm hardcore heroin addicts i've never met one that i i didn't like they're always cool
1: yeah, he he. I mean, I don't. This might sound weird, but he said, he reminded me of Taylor self.
0: Oh, so, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Taylor's cool as shit. Was very, that what a ta- lot of
1: a par- lot of parallels there?
0: Was but, Taylor fucking with heroin? Is that what he was doing?
1: I couldn't. I don't remember which what he was what he was taking, but but he was getting at it. Yeah, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, e- e- even my friends who were heroin users who were stealing all my shit, I always still just liked them. They would just be like nodding off on the couch. You're a good <laughs> dude. I want to show you, I want to show you one more video that actually really touches my heart. It's on the, um, Sevan Rinsta account and it's, it's a video. I don't know. I think Laura, Lauren Horvat posted it, but for some reason, not for some reason, when I see siblings like hug each other, um, and show love for each other, it, it does something like really emotional to me. Cause I love seeing my boys be nice to each other and they're always nice to each other. But I took this video, look how happy Lauren is. And and I guess I'm guessing what happened here is Kristoff had just finished competing and look how much his sister loves him. He probably just like, look at her. I mean, that's like a real hug. He's squeezing the crap out of her and watch how she looks at him. She's like a proud sister. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Her parents, their parents, her parents must be, but I, I changed it to Laura Horvat just found out. She has a standing invitation on the real seven podcast. (laughs) Uh, I know Jamie fit mom said it's the cutest thing ever. Oh, it's so nice. So nice
1: seeing siblings do that.
0: All right, guys, uh, tomorrow morning Hunter McIntyre, uh, thanks for staying up late with me tonight. Caleb, thanks for coming on. Sevon, did you notice that because the title of your show has COVID in it, YouTube has CDC info banner below? No, no shit. Crazy. Yeah,
1: I saw that. I might go change the title.
0: Yeah. you know, what's interesting about that too. I was just, I was speaking with a doctor friend of mine, uh, today and you know, he was telling me that he always tells me all my COVID shits, shit crazy. And anyway, um, I said, Hey, you know, that, uh, there's no science behind, behind quarantine. And he didn't know that. And you know, if for anyone who wants to go look, just go look at the CDC website. It's, it's a, it, there's a whole section in there about how you never quarantine healthy people ever. And that quarantines, mass quarantines always end end in riots. I mean, the whole thing is laid out there. It's not this isn't conspiracy shit. This isn't tinfoil hat. You can just go there and look. Just go dig around. they got they got a plan for building villages for old people. It's all on there. No one's like hiding anything. just like they were never hiding anything about the vaccine not working. they they, they were they were always open about it. They had hopes. All right. Uh so that Paul is our uh first person who's who's jumped on the um California Hormones train um that we've had on the show. We have Alex Stein coming on. We have Gary Roberts coming on. He started filming uh Killing the Fat Man season three. And uh and we have two ladies um who are who are getting ready too. So uh you guys are great. And uh you heard about the health insurance. Wasn't that fascinating? He didn't have health insurance he got $1.6 million worth of treatment. And then he got health insurance. I also got um, someone saying that uh, they moved to Europe because their kid had autism. He was refused insurance. Oh, universal health care. It's so cool. (laughs)